Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in, everybody. Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports Saturday. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Aaron Torres here in the Fox Sports Radio Tire Rack LA studios. Jason in the Nashville studios. Jason Martin, what is going on tonight, my friend? I know it doesn't happen every week, but Hmm. what would this time slot on Saturday night be without a crucial sporting event happening live right in front of us? Because it does seem that more often than not over the past couple of years, we've been just really exactly where you want to be, like right in the eagle's nest during a lot of crucial things that are happening, including right now a tight game six in the Eastern Conference Finals in the NBA. So off the top of my head, so first of all, for people who are uh, driving around, Celtics up 62-55. The second half has just started in Miami. Of course, this is game six. Miami up 3-2. Miami was up 3-0. They lost two games in a row. Uh, The series is now uh, obviously, the Celtics, if they were to win this series, would force a game seven. Off the top of my head, Jason, these are some of the things that you and I have been on air for uh, in this time slot, just an, an unbelievable time slot, is we're on for game six tonight. We were obviously on for game three of Lakers Nuggets last week, a, a game that essentially uh, swung the series and, and, and unofficially gave the Denver Nuggets the Western Conference Championship. You and Arnie were on during that classic 
Ohio State-Georgia game Mm -hmm. uh, in the college football playoff. You and I were on for that classic Duke-Carolina game that ended Mm -hmm. Coach K's career. Uh, You and I were on when the Packers lost at home to the uh, San Francisco 49ers two years ago in the playoff. Alabama-Texas A&M? Alabama-Texas A&M. We were on, oh, by the way, don't forget for the – what was it? The Chargers blew, what was it, a 30-3 to Chargers-Jags, that's yeah, right. Something yeah. like that. Uh, that so, no, you know, and I've said this many times, is, is is you know, people sometimes ask me, oh, you know, is it Saturday nights, you know, da-da-da, family this, this, the other thing. You know, one, um, you know, I think I can't speak for you, but but I'm incredibly blessed when my wife gets that this is a job and it's a responsibility, but um, I think it's a privilege for this exact reason. And I can, I can even go back, you know, Arnie and I were on – the night that Brady and the Patriots lost to the Titans in the playoffs, which was uh, Brady's final game. We were the first ones to react to that. Some other things as well. So this is just an unbelievable time slot, Jason. I agree with you a thousand percent. It's a privilege uh, to be on these Fox Sports radio airwaves every Saturday night at this time. Yeah, I totally agree. And, I mean, right now you've got a really close basketball game and you've got potential history closer to happening than we thought right you had two three oh series no one's ever come back from three oh in the conference finals in the nba and if boston wins this game just the amount of pressure that's going to be on miami to go back to boston at that point and stop history from being made is kind of outrageous but then there's still pressure on boston but it's it's so interesting because i've been trying to think about watching this game if you're Boston, you don't have to win four in a row. You just got to win two more because you've won two in a row. Like four sounds like a daunting task, but you've already done half of it. And if you look at it and you look at your seeding and you look at what you were supposed to do and what you have done in the past couple of years with very similar guys, I feel like the confidence can come. Like you can turn on a switch once you get that first one and then you start to feel good about yourself and get that second one. Now, all of a sudden, this gets very, very interesting, and you have to start wondering what's going through the minds of the of the home team tonight in Miami because the last thing you want to do is leave it open to have to go to their building to do something you already had three cracks to do once and couldn't do. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, it, it sounds crazy because, obviously, the Celtics are the two seed. They were a team that a lot of people, I know yourself included, picked to win the NBA championship. Many picked them to at least make the finals. And it sounds weird to say that, I do think at this point the pressure is on the heat. Like, and that sounds strange and it sounds weird. And we know that all the conversations that we will be having and everyone will be having all week if the Celtics don't win this series and especially if they lose tonight. But I do think that the pressure has now shifted to Miami. And, and it's it's funny, right? Because I remember before game four, uh, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, amongst others, were like, uh, you know, don't let us get one. Don't let us get one. And, and it sounded like such a just a cliche, like dumb thing to say. Um, but here we are, the Celtics in control of this game here early in the third quarter, uh, up 62-60, to 60, about midway through the third quarter, I really should say. Jason, what do you think has been the difference the last two games? Obviously, uh, you know, Miami jumps out to that 3-0 series lead, um, but, uh, you know, obviously Boston did what they had to do the last two games, including winning game four in Miami. 
What do you believe the difference has been? Do you believe there is a difference? Do you believe it's just kind of water reaching its level? Uh, that Miami wasn't as good as they looked in the first three. Uh, Boston wasn't as bad as they looked in the first three. Is there something? I mean, obviously, I know Gabe Vincent was out for game five and stuff like that. So so there, there are some things. But is there anything that stands out that appears to be different about these two teams over the last two games that has allowed Boston to get back in this series? I, I don't know, really. I mean, I do think that... Boston's been defending better. They've been rebounding a little bit better. But I don't think anybody believed that the Heat were going to sweep the Celtics prior to it happening if they believed they could beat them at all. Uh, it felt like Miami was playing, was just kind of living their best life. And once it starts to go right in the in the first game for Boston that they won – it would be easy for them to get a little bit of their swagger back. But I also think one thing about the Celtics is they don't play well with expectation. Yep. Um, they kind of remind me of Georgia from three or four years ago in college mm, football where whenever they got the number one ranking, you could chalk up their, them losing within the next two weeks. They just couldn't handle success. And there are teams that you have to learn how to how to win when you're expected to win. And when these guys, when when they can put a chip on their shoulder, when they can play as the underdog, when they can do that, I think you get the best version of them because they're able to motivate themselves. And I think they believe themselves to be kind of a blue-collar group, whereas a lot of other fans and people across the NBA would say, no, they're very much – you know, they're very much glitz and glamour. They're the Boston Celtics. Tatum's a big-time name. He's on ads, all these other things. I think that's what it is. I think it's just when there's expectation on them, they can be very mediocre very quickly. But when you count them out, that is when you get the best version of them because it seems like to me that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum play better when they think you've counted them out. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree. Um, I, I certainly think they, they don't play as well with pre- with um, you know, when they're expected to do great things, right? I mean, obviously, look at that Philly series where they fell down, whatever it was, 3-1, or th- was it 3-2, three, three, and they were able to, to to rally back. And then, obviously, this series falling down 3-0 as well. I tend to agree. I, I don't know that it's anything, um, you know, like like fundamentally that has changed. I, I, I don't think Boston was as bad, and I don't think Miami was necessarily as good as they looked in those first three games. I do think there's a, a, a degree of, like, mental toughness that the Celtics have shown here these last few games because you go back to game one game two where where Jimmy Butler just really went into Boston and basically ripped the heart out of that team on their home court now to your point they haven't played very well at home but I think that's why one you know I think this is an important series for Boston not just look you don't want to lose to an eight seed in the Eastern Conference Finals I get it but I do think there is an element of last year when push came to shove against the Warriors, um, Tatum wasn't great, and Tatum kind of cowered, and, and Brown wasn't great either. And so, like, I, I feel like it's hard to say, okay, this team made the finals last year and then the Eastern Conference finals this year. But I do think there's, like, a degree of toughness that they have to show and that they have to overcome. They did it a little bit in the last round. Because I do go back to, I remember talking about this last year, but you go back to those those playoffs last year, right? Is you beat the Bucks in seven games when they didn't have Middleton. Um, you beat the Miami Heat when by the end they were completely banged up. And then you kind of got punked by the Warriors in the NBA Finals. And so you come back this year, obviously, I know Jalen Brown's a little bit banged up, but you know if you get punked, if you lose 4-1 to, to these Heat, 
Um, then I do think there's starting to be questions about the mental toughness, and then, of course, the questions about do you have to restructure this team as it's constituted. So I don't really know if I said anything there, but I, I guess the point that I'm trying to say is they are showing a degree of mental toughness that I wasn't sure that they had, but we'll see, obviously, what happens from here because if you lose 4-2, I don't know that anybody's saying that any you know major corner was turned for this organization or this core uh, if you don't close out this game and at least force a game seven. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. I mean, I think that the success that they have had in previous years, even though there's been a cap on it, um, that portends that eventually you got to stop being the Buffalo Bills in some ways, and you actually have to close one of these things. Now, Buffalo hasn't made it to a Super Bowl yet, and we have seen many of these Boston players in an NBA Finals, but I think the point still stands. And uh, as you watch this game, the more that I see of it <clears> – <throat> This is just going to have to be Jimmy Butler doing one of those Jimmy Butler things in the fourth quarter because the Celtics, they're playing better as a unit. It feels like the Heat are hanging on. And they are. I mean, look, they're only down four points right now, but they were down 11 in the first half at one point and had to cut it to four at the half. They're just making a shot to, to keep it from getting out of control. But it, And I could see it happening, but Butler's going to have to have one of those fourth quarters. And if you've been watching this league and paying attention to sports long enough, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's going to be him. Like They don't have enough, but he could get red hot and do something special. But it just feels like Boston is better right now. Well, and, and the other thing, too, you say Jimmy Butler has to kind of carry carry the team on his back. It was interesting because – and I was watching the halftime with, with the TNT guys, and they're obviously great as always, but they, they were kind of referencing, you know, this game was going to come down to whose big two was better. And Tatum had 25 in the first half, uh, Jalen Brown 11, that's a combination of 36, Jimmy Butler 9 points, Bam Adebayo 5, 14 combined. And, and why I bring it up is because I get that Bam Adebayo has been an all-star. Yeah. But I, I don't see him on that level of those no. other three. And so that just plays into what you said about Jimmy Butler. Is, is And I think, look, this is why you and I in this time slot for the last two or three weeks have talked about why we both enjoy Jimmy Butler so much, why it seems like the basketball-watching community has enjoyed him because he really is, in my opinion, taking a, a, a group that is basically a group of very good role players. I mean, we all know the narrative about all the undrafted guys on the Miami Heat but I would take it a step further. Bam Adebayo was a lottery pick. Bam Adebayo has been an all-star. I still think Bam Adebayo is just a really, really, really good role player. And so that just plays into the point that you made, Jason, that Jimmy Butler probably going to have to put this team on his back uh, as it is now, right now, with about five minutes left, a four-point Boston lead here uh, with five minutes to go, Jason. Yeah, I mean, I like I like Bam quite a bit. But I look at Bam like I looked at Tristan Thompson with the Cavs. Like, it's not... There's if you look at the number twos in the NBA, ain't no way I'm classifying yeah. Bam Adebayo as a true number two. Real quick, Jamal um, Murray, yeah, Jamal right, Murray, exactly. uh, Jalen Brown, and either LeBron James or Anthony Davis. Pick your pick. Those are the other two. That's just three. I mean, how about Devin Booker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... I mean, I mean, we get we. This list goes a lot deeper than that. James Harden, even at his age, or Tyrese Maxey, whichever one of them you want to talk about. These. A lot of these teams have two stars on them, and that secondary star is somebody that is much more consistent than Adebayo. Again, I like Adebayo's game, but there's not a consistency or dominance there on a regular enough basis for me to see him as anything more than a three with two capabilities. 
don't disagree, and uh, it'll be interesting to see because it feels like every time the Heat make a run, to the credit of the Boston Celtics, they have the counterpunch. Boston up 71-65 with 4.57 left in the, the third quarter. This is Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin, and we are brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Coming up, we switch gears to the West, where we know Denver won. But, of course, the story after the game, as it always is, LeBron James. What is his future? We'll discuss that next. Fox Sports Radio. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine. All happening in only one place. This League Uncut, the new NBA podcast with me, Chris Haynes. And me, Mark Stein. Join us as we team up to expound on everything we're covering, hearing, and chasing. Listen to This League Uncut with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Welcome back, everybody. Fox Sports Radio. 
Aaron Torres, Jason Martin. During the break, Celtics, a little bit of a run. Have it opened that lead up to 10 points, 78 to 68, under three minutes to go here in the third quarter. As I said, Jason, feels like every time that the boss that the Miami Heat make a run, the Celtics have an answer. Might be seeing this young team grow up in front of our eyes. We will keep you updated on this game as, again, the Boston Celtics in Game 6, trailing 3-2 to two in the series, have a 10-point lead late in the third quarter. Jason, I'll tell you this. Uh, I saw something this week, and it made me realize, um, you know, sometimes you, you realize in your career, in your life, uh, what you do, what you don't do, what you want to do, what you don't want to do. And I saw something this week that made me just say, I would never want to be an NBA insider or an NFL insider, and here's why. is because sometimes you have to put out news to help a source, even when you know that news is total nonsense. Mm -hmm. And I saw this, and by the way, this is what I, why I love being more so in the opinion space, because you know what you and I do is more reacting to news and, and trying to contextualize it. But as soon as the first tweet about LeBron James on the podium after Game 4, after the Lakers get swept. The first tweet of, did LeBron James just hint at retirement? And then about 10 minutes later, Chris Haynes, who does a really good job covering the NBA, not criticizing him, but puts out a report. LeBron James seriously considering retirement after Game 4 sweep. And then Dave McMenamin, not disrespecting him. He works hard. He's good at what he does. I've caught up with LeBron James, and he's really thinking hard about his future. Jason, I can't speak for you, and I'm going to give you the floor here momentarily. But there hasn't been one-tenth of one second since the moment that the Nuggets eliminated the Lakers that I believe that LeBron James is seriously considering retirement. I believe this is leverage for the offseason, and I believe it was also about, hey, can't let the Nuggets have their moment in the sun. Do you believe LeBron James is about to retire, Jason Martin? I believe it more than one tenth of one second. Okay. I believe Ooh. it for about Take two shots tenths at Torres. Oh, okay, of okay. one second. Okay. Okay. So, no. When I first heard it, it felt like here's somebody that's sad that they lost, maybe started to, to feel better about that crew, thought they had a better shot than this. And I do think it's exhausting to be LeBron James. He went through the injury. He actually had an injury that he was playing through as well, that maybe he's even going to have to have a procedure on during the offseason. He's getting old. He's played a lot of minutes. The game that he played that they lost that turned out to be the last game of the season was an extraordinary game by LeBron James, and he still hit a wall in the in the in about midway through the third quarter. It was just all of a sudden you could just see, oh, he's, he's an older guy, and he gave it all he had in the first half of this game, especially in that first quarter when he was just as good as you've ever seen the guy. And so you can, for a second, just say, he might just be thinking, man, how am I going to get back to the top when you look at all this? But and I don't even want to talk about his son because I know that's part of this and we could talk about it in a couple of years and, and he wants to play with him, but he's also kind of backed off and said, you know, he might want to carve his own path and that's all right and, and we're going to support him no matter what and things of that nature. But... I think more than anything, he should feel better, you would think, about how this season ended for the Lakers than what happened the year before. So and he should feel better than he should at the beginning of this season because what they did at midseason gave them a shot and they you know, they're gonna have to pay to keep Austin Reeves. 
But hopefully you keep Austin Reeves on that team. You let D'Angelo Russell go wherever D'Angelo Russell wants to go that's not in your locker room. You make a couple of other small moves. Maybe you make a big splash. I don't know. But LeBron's still got basketball left in him. The, all you need to hear is when he said, I'm still better than 90 to 95% <laughs> of the league. Like, that's the quote where it's like, all right, well, he's not retiring. Like, this feels very Ben Roethlisberger the last three years of his career where at the end of the season he's not sure he's coming back. But he is going to come back. The only part that I am hesitant on, Aaron, and I heard you mention it at the tail end of your comments, I'm hesitant to say he was trying to steal the Nuggets moment. I, I I understand that argument. I tried to make it to myself, but I also just thought he might just be down in the dumps and he certainly wants to turn the narrative. But I don't know it's about against the Nuggets as much as it is don't talk about the Lakers losing, let's talk about me. Maybe I'm going to take a little bit of the onus off the franchise right now. We can talk about my future. That becomes a storyline. Whether or not he meant to do it or not, he did knock the Nuggets off their perch. Okay, so a lot to peel back there. So after DeSager, we'll talk Kyrie. But really quick, I want to ask you a question about the current setup. Because I do believe that part of those comments was to create some sort of leverage for the offseason. If you remember at the All-Star break and in the lead-up to the trade deadline, this was really the first time that someone in a front office role basically said no to LeBron James, essentially since he was in Miami with Pat Riley. And the the, the organization basically said, no, we're not trading for the guys that you want. We're, gonna, we're not trading all our draft picks. We are going to reshape the team as best we can. So I believe that was part of why he made the comments that he did. Here's my question, though, Jace, is I get – that LeBron, every time that you don't win a championship for a guy of his caliber, the season is deemed a failure. But I actually really like this group that they have. And I know they got, I know they got swept by the Nuggets. I get that. But this, is, this sport changes year over year over year so much. And I'm not saying you completely run it back and you bring back the entire 15. I don't even know if it's possible with contracts and what Austin Reeves is probably going to earn this offseason. But why I bring it up... I don't think this is the summer to make sweeping changes um, because, look, this was the best team in the NBA after the trade deadline. They made the Western Conference Finals, smoked the defending champions, and yes, the Nuggets were better this year. But you don't know what's going to be like, what things are going to be like in a year from now. I'll tell you what, I, I, we'll both react to that momentarily. Before we do, though, let's toss it over the news desk. Uh, for the first time this evening. Steve DeSager, take it away. We'll react to LeBron's comments after DeSager. Go ahead, my friend. Hey, Steve. Hello, gentlemen. It is a Celtics lead through three. We'll get to baseball later. Suffice to say, the A's did not win today. Got to get to softball. I heard you shouting out Chris Plank Sooners on the way in with my Martin goodness, and BJ. He yeah. is living the dream. He's For those who don't know, Arnie's co-host on Sunday night here on Fox Sports Radio is Chris Plank, who not only is sideline reporter for Oklahoma football, he's the play-by-play guy for Oklahoma softball, which is trying to win its fifth national title in the last eight years and is 56-1 and one this season. <laughs> That's a decent record. This is just silly. And the comeback today was even sillier because they were down to their last out and last strike and hit a three-run homer to tie and wow. then another homer in extra innings to win and eliminate Clemson. So, appropriately, the NCAA record they broke today 
was set by Arnie's Arizona Wildcats oh. of most consecutive victories, 47. Oklahoma softball has now won 48 straight. Does this mean Arnie's not coming in? You know, every time. We can the, only hope. Yes, I know. Every time the Raiders <laughs> lose, all Plank's not coming in tomorrow. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't you know. know Mr. Oklahoma is showing up with Mr. Arizona, and sure. I think this may actually come up on the show tonight. I'm As just guessing. As yes. it should. Uh, at the other end of the spectrum, the Oakland A's. AP points out that we are one-third of the way through the MLB season, and the A's are on pace for about 130 losses. Wow. <laughs> their, their franchise worst season was 108 losses, 1979 in Oakland, just to put that in perspective. And you guys were talking about all the great Saturday night events we've had going on here in this show slot, and that is true. There is no Saturday night NBA Finals game, though, coming up on the schedule. There is a Thursday-Sunday NBA Finals, and then the second week, a, uh, a Friday-Monday NBA Finals, but no Saturday night games. Will the Celtics be there? Keep in mind, if the Celtics make the NBA Finals, they'll have home court advantage. They won 57 games this year. Denver won 53. Despite all the home wins of the Nuggets, Celtics would have home court Celtics lead end of three at Miami 79 to 72 Jason Tatum had 25 points in the first half no points in the third quarter but the Celtics actually extended the lead from four to seven Boston had led by 11 points in the second quarter just 20 percent shooting from three-point range for the Celtics and Tatum is 0 of 6 from long distance and the Celtics have not been guarding the three well but Miami's two stars are not shooting well at all Jimmy Butler, 2 of 15 from the floor. Bam Adebayo, 3 of 14 from the floor. Fortunately, aside from those two, from three-point range, Miami is 10 of 21. And so they're only down seven at home. This is game six of the NBA's East Finals. Heat with yet another chance to close out the series. They're up three games to two. The NBA Finals won't begin until next Thursday, June 1st. We'll see if it's at Denver. Milwaukee's new head coach will reportedly be Raptors assistant Adrian Griffin in Stanley Cup's West Final at Vegas tonight. The Dallas Stars now lead 4-2 with two third-period goals, about five minutes left. 4-2 lead for the visitors over the Golden Knights, who for the moment lead three games to one. If Dallas wins tonight to extend the series, the Stanley Cup Final will not start until Next Saturday, it'll be on during the show on June the 3rd. Florida awaits in the Cup Final. NASCAR's due to be in Charlotte for the Big 600 and the holiday weekend Sunday night on Fox TV. Weather permitting, today's Xfinity race rained out, postponed to Monday. Practice and qualifying each rained out today as well. To Major League Baseball, Shohei Otani is on the mound for the Angels tonight, down one nothing to the Marlins, bottom of the second. Rockies lead Justin Verlander and the Mets, 6-1 in the top of the fifth. Pete Alonso has hit his 20th homer of the season. Dodgers and Phillies, each one on the road. Yankees won in 10 innings, 3-2 against the Padres. And I'll bring up the Braves. Yes, they lost at home 2-1 to Philadelphia. But as we brought up often, and it's worth talking about again, it's a Saturday home game. At every Saturday home game this season, yep. the Atlanta Braves are wearing some of the best jerseys in my lifetime in baseball. Those City Connect uniforms that make them look like Hank Aaron's Braves from 50 years ago. So it's good to see those jerseys. And good news for the Braves in that pitcher Mike Soroka is coming back to the rotation yes. soon. We'll see about this week. But this is a guy that tore his Achilles in the summer of 2020. So all this time, he's only had one full major league season, but he was an all-star then in 2019. 
ERA 2.68. Soroka from Canada was drafted late first round by the Braves out of high school in 2015. Updating NBA, the lead for the Celtics, 79-76 at Miami early in the fourth. Back to you. Thank you very much, Steve DeSager. Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports Saturday. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin broadcasting live from the Tyrac.com studios. And we are brought to you by Discover. At the end of your first year, Discover Credit Cards automatically doubles all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you earned doubled. Seriously, see terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash Mets. So, Jason, I, I do want your perspective. And for people who are, are just joining us, we're talking about the LeBron James commentary about potentially retiring. Uh, you and I don't really buy it. But my, 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 my thought is, is the idea of LeBron trying to create leverage so he maybe has more of a say in the offseason moves. And, and my big thing is, again... I get for a player of his caliber that is not only chasing his contemporaries but the greats of all time that every year that you don't win a championship, um, it's deemed a failure. By the way, Celtics have uh, their lead is down to four with nine and a half minutes to go. Celtics up 82 78. We'll keep you updated on this. It is in the fourth quarter in Miami. But with LeBron, you look at that team. And I know they didn't win the championship, and I know they just got swept. And I'm not saying you have to be okay with falling short. But at the same time, best record after the All-Star break destroyed the Golden State Warriors in the second round, took care of Memphis, which was the number two seed. I just don't think this is the year that you need to make these crazy major sweeping changes. This was a really good basketball team late, and I I don't know. I think I think LeBron can't see the force through the trees if, in fact, that was that was why he made the comments that he did, Jason. I mean, I can definitely understand why you would make that th- make that argument and why others have because he's done this before in terms of using whatever leverage he can and he has meddled he's meddled in coaching he's meddled with acquisitions we know that we know what the Lakers could have had instead of Russell Westbrook and how they ended up with Westbrook and now they don't have him and I agree with you I don't know that they're the best roster top to bottom but what they got is awfully good I think at the very most you'd make a couple of small tweaks the thing that I, I just boggles my mind is the idea of Kyrie Irving. I think that ruins everything. But you look at kind of the crux of this. You saw Hachimura, what he was able to bring you. Schroeder, when he was coming off the bench, at least they were smart enough to put him in the starting lineup in that last in, in that last game. Um, Reeves is going to command a lot of money. I don't know if they can keep him, but they certainly should try. I don't think that this – I think your point is right. I don't think that there's anything that says the Lakers need to go do anything gigantically drastic considering where they are and and what they were able to accomplish, which is better than anybody could have imagined they were going to right before the trade deadline when those moves were made. So, yeah, you don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater here. You don't want to – completely upset the apple cart when the apple cart's actually selling some apples. I'll tell you what, I want to continue that Kyrie Irving perspective momentarily. We'll do that. I should keep you updated, by the way. The Celtics, four-point lead, nine minutes to go. Boston up 82-78. Jimmy Butler, it looks like he just made a bucket, but there's some concern about did he throw an elbow in the process Refs are reviewing, looking it over, seeing if there's anything flagrant. We will keep you updated on that. But in a game six, if the Celtics lose, they go home. They are up by four with nine minutes to go. We'll come back, we'll react to that, and we will answer Jason's question.
Does Kyrie Irving make any sense for this Lakers team? That's next. This is Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Welcome back, everybody. Fox Sports Radio. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin, broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. Celtics-Miami game is getting very interesting. Again, it is game six. Celtics lose, they go home. We're up by as many as 10 here in the third quarter. While we were away, Miami actually took a brief one-point lead, 83-82, Boston has scored four straight. Jason Tatum is at the line, potentially to make it five straight. Boston, or excuse me, Jalen Brown is at the foul line uh, and shooting as I speak. Boston, as I speak, has an 88-83 lead with seven minutes left here in the fourth quarter. Again, Miami briefly took the lead while we were away after the Miami Heat trail by as many as 10 points here in the fourth quarter. We will keep you updated on this game as it is getting good in Miami. So, Jason, really quick, um, we were talking about it, and uh, we didn't didn't have a chance to talk about it, but obviously part of the entire conversation 
on Wednesday, or I guess it was Monday night when the when the Denver Nuggets beat the Los Angeles Lakers for the sweep, was you know LeBron James talking about retirement and all that. But part of the conversation then stemmed from the fact that, oh, by the way, is he talking about retirement? Is he trying to create leverage? And, oh, by the way, on top of everything, Kyrie Irving, LeBron's former teammate, who he very publicly, uh, basically, maybe not publicly, but he certainly wanted at this past trade deadline when Kyrie was eventually traded to the Mavericks, Kyrie Irving just so happened to be at Game 4 at the Staples Center Crypto.com Arena what a weird coincidence, Jason. So obviously that immediately sparks some conversation, and it sounds like uh, you are not a fan of bringing Kyrie into this organization. No, and <clears throat> before he went to Dallas, I had said the only place where I was at least thinking it could work is with LeBron James. Now I've seen it in Dallas. We already saw it in Boston we saw it in Brooklyn. I don't care how good he is. I just think he's poison for your basketball team. I think he's poison for your franchise. I mean, he couldn't get along with his best friend, Durant. Um, Dallas, we knew that was going to be a disaster, and it pretty much was. Now you're going to send him to the Lakers, a team that doesn't seem to have chemistry issues outside of D'Angelo Russell, who won't be there anyway. But it seemed like everybody else is playing a pretty solid team ball. The chemistry seemed positive. So you're going to throw that dude? into it. I don't care if it's LeBron James or anybody else. At this point, if I have a team that I believe in at all, adding Kyrie Irving to me is the one thing you just cannot do. There are a few things that you can't do in sports, and that's got to be near the top of the list, and that is acquiring Kyrie Irving and thinking that's going to make you a better franchise. I just don't, again, there's no need to go make this move. And if you do make this move, one, you know he's going to miss some time because he always misses time. Two, he's going to say something at some point that's going to cause problems. He's going to be an off-the-court distraction. On the court, when he's great, he's great. I just don't want any part of it. Now, there are other people out there that will dispute this, will tell me I'm wrong, will talk about how great a basketball player he is. I'm not denying how great a basketball player he is. I just think his cons outweigh his pros at this point in his career, and that's not a movie I want to watch. Yeah, I think the the argument. Well, I think the argument is really twofold, right? Is that one? You would think that if there's one person that can keep him in line, it's LeBron James, and then two, you know, you really only need him to play whatever. Basically. It, we're at the point now where LeBron's not going to play every night in the regular season. Anthony Davis isn't going to play every night in the regular season. And Kyrie would be kind of that guy that would be there on those nights that they're not available. I guess my question is pretty straightforward. Is the concept of, okay, LeBron could keep him in line. But can he really, though? Because Kyrie and KD were supposed to be best friends. And by the end, you could tell in Brooklyn that you know they, they basically didn't appear as though they were communicating off the court. Right. You know, Kyrie, all the COVID stuff, misses a bunch of time. His own best friend supposedly can't talk him into it. On top of that, you, you, he, he demands a trade, and I still go back to that trade demand. It blows my mind that it wasn't a bigger deal. I think it's because it's Kyrie. Everybody just kind of was like, oh, well, Kyrie going Kyrie again. But they were in fourth place. They were going to host playoff games, if, if and, he, and he demanded a trade because he wasn't happy. So I don't totally buy that. LeBron can keep him in line. And if LeBron can't keep – and listen, I just think it comes back down to exactly what you just said, is how many times do we have to do this song and dance? It's not about the talent. It's never been about the talent. It is about the fact that everywhere he goes, it becomes fundamentally worse and it never works out. 
and every single team tries to convince themselves that they're different and they're going to be the one and they have the infrastructure in place and they have this guy and they have that guy. And, well, you know, I mean, think about all the conversations, right? Well, you know, I mean, Boston, I mean, he was kind of in LeBron's shadow. Well, look what he's going to do when he gets here. He's going to have the ball. He's going to be the guy. Wasn't happy with that. Uh, Oh, he's going to go play with his best friend, Katie. That fell apart. Well, Dallas, well, you know, I mean, it's Luka's team. He's just got to show up and – and they were in the playoff race, and they completely tanked and missed out on the playoffs altogether, including the play-in. I, I'm with you. Is that I, I just I don't buy that LeBron can keep him in line. I don't buy that he's the answer. And it goes back to what we talked about last segment, Jason, which is just pretty straightforward. Is that I don't think the Lakers are nearly as far off as some people, including LeBron, seem to think. I am just so not on board with this. But I, it seems as though LeBron has convinced himself that this is the guy that can heal all of the uh, all of the Lakers' problems. I just think he's wrong. I think you think he's wrong, and I think that Kyrie Irving at this stage in his career, I don't care how good he is, he's become the kind of thing that desperate franchises that aren't going to win anyway. Uh, that's that's who they go so they can sell some tickets for a little while, like because they they know it's like we're we're not going to win a title. Let's bring in this this guy. Let's pay him. Let's make him the face. Whatever. You don't do this if you're a contender. I'm sorry. You don't add him to a mix of a team that's been close, certainly not one that made a conference finals. You do not, under any circumstances, add him and expect that to be the thing that takes you over the top. And again, the evidence has now mounted. I get it. Believe me, that's why I thought last year, yeah, before the Dallas move, the Lakers are the only place that makes sense because LeBron and he did coexist, even though there were a lot of problems. They won a championship together. That's the only place I could see this working. But, I mean, eventually, there's just too much evidence on the other side. Like, he's convicted, as far as I'm concerned, in terms of he's a guy that can wreck you. He's not a guy that's going to bring a trophy to you at this point. I just don't think he's a team guy. And I hate to say that. I don't know him. I'm not saying he's a bad dude, like, as a human being, even though he's done some things that certainly are. We all have. But... I just look at him as a teammate, and I'm just like, dude, that's a me-first guy. Like, And he always probably has been, but he certainly has been in these last few stops. This is just not a guy that you bring in that's going to be the missing piece to your championship run. Like, I just don't see that, and I can't believe that LeBron still believes that. I'm 100% with you, and I, I, you know, I do wonder, like, I, I just wonder at this point um, – what his future is because it didn't work in Dallas. Obviously, uh, didn't work anywhere previously. Really dating back to the Cleveland days. And if the Lakers don't make this move, I don't know where he lands. And I don't think it's going to happen. But I don't think it's inconceivable. This guy's out of the league, and and we've seen this before now. Like like you know, go through the list. Like Stephon Marbury. Like how many years did he play in China because nobody wanted him in the NBA? And so I'm um, maybe that's the only example. Dwight Howard, where it's just like okay, like. You just, you're kind of like, I don't know, like we just don't want to deal with you and you're not good enough at this point in your career. And so with Kyrie, if you're only playing, um, you know, whatever, 50, 55 games tops, you're a locker room cancer. Everybody gets worse. I'm not saying the Lakers won't go after him. I'm just saying, Jason, I, I don't know what the landing spot would be if the Lakers aren't the team, but it remains to be seen. I should mention, Jason, really quickly, uh, you know, I've said it a couple times tonight. Every time the Miami Heat make the run, the Celtics have an answer. Celtics have opened this thing back up to a 10-point lead, 98-88 with four minutes to go, Jason. I know we're coming up on the top of the hour, 
but the Celtics are in control with about four minutes left in this game. They're seven for 35, and by they, I mean Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. They're having some of the worst – they're having one of the worst nights I've ever seen. Jimmy Butler's three for 19 from the field. I, I, look, they've had some good contributions from other guys. You can't not – you can't have Jimmy Butler go three for 19 and expect to win. Boston – Look, they were on the ropes for a minute there, but they couldn't hold it. Yes, it is a 10-point lead with four minutes to go. We will come back and we will react to that as well as look ahead to the Nuggets and whoever they play in the finals. That's next, Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in, everybody. Hour 2, Fox Sports Radio. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. As Sager just told you, the Celtics in control here late. About three minutes left in this game. Boston up 191. Of course, if Boston is to hold on to win this game, they will advance to a Game 7 in Boston after trailing 3-0 in this series. You know, Jason, I I think the, the play here is probably to, to wait until this game goes final to react to it as Miami has cut the lead to 7 with about 2.30 left. So let me ask you this. We'll react to this game momentarily. But we talked about LeBron. We talked about the Lakers. Give me Jason Martin's hot Nuggets take because it does feel like, you know, the Nuggets all off season are all season. Number one seed, the Jokic versus Embiid conversation. They were waiting for their moment, waiting for their moment, waiting to get their flowers, waiting to get credit. And then they sweep the Lakers. And next thing you know, LeBron is talking retirement. We're talking LeBron. We're talking Kyrie. And we are, again, not talking the Nuggets. So the Nuggets are hanging. By the way, Jimmy Butler with a big three. It is now a four-point game in Miami with two minutes left. We'll keep you updated there. Jason, thoughts, Nuggets. Are we ever going to acknowledge this team is like legitimately awesome? Uh, and I think regardless of who wins this series, will likely be favored in the NBA Finals. I think it's funny because I think we kind of do acknowledge it because we have these conversations, the way you just set this question up to me. We have these across airwaves, across networks, all week long. Man, nobody's talking about the Nuggets, man. What's it going to take to get the Nuggets respect? If the Nuggets win the championship, are we going to be talking about them? <laughs> yeah. Are we finally – that is talking about them. Sure. It's weird. And it's, kind of, it's sort of backhanded, but I think it's because we all know they're really good – I do think, and we we heard this during some of the rejoin stuff and and some of the commercials. You know, Cowherd said this week he's just like, look, some dynasties are boring, some champions are boring. Like you can't remember every World Series champion because some of them just flat out weren't that interesting. Like you have moments and you have finishes that become iconic, and then you have teams that win championships that aren't particularly exciting. And you talk about an unexciting dynasty, you can look at a lot of what San Antonio Spurs did. But you look at Denver, and when you're playing against the L.A. Lakers and LeBron James is on that team, it's still going to be more about them than it is about you. It's going to be more about them losing and how they lost than it's going to be about your dominance. There are teams, there are franchises that just kind of have to put on the hard hat, grab the lunch pail, go to work, and do the job. They're really good. The hot nugget stake is they're the best team in the NBA. They are. They flat out are. They're better than Boston. They're better than Miami. They're better than everybody else they played in the West. They're better than everybody 
in the East. Like they're they're the best. They just are. They're the best team with the best collection of talent together. Uh, they play well together. They have a superstar that can do a lot even when he's not scoring. Like there's just so much to like about that team. But I do think that it's a little overblown that nobody gives the Nuggets credit because we spend so much time talking about them not getting credit. So two things. One, this Celtics heat game is bananas. So Miami had cut the lead to three on a Jimmy Butler free throw. He misses the second free throw, rebounded by Miami, hits a wide-open Duncan Robinson, who misses a wide-open three that would have tied the game. Celtics come back down. Jalen Brown now on the foul line, up 101-97, so up four points with a little over a minute to go. We'll keep you updated on this one. That Duncan Robinson, that was the most wide-open three he will ever have in his entire career. Celtics up by four with a minute to go. And I will say this for Denver is – I do think that you're right. Maybe the hot take is that there no longer needs to be a hot take. But I will say I'm happy for them from the perspective of not only one that they got to play the Lakers and they got to play LeBron's team as Jimmy Butler, just another bucket there, cuts the lead to two. Um, They got to play the most high-profile organization with the most high-profile player in the league, the Denver Nuggets, in the Western Conference Finals. And they won, and they dominated, and there were games where the Lakers looked like they were in control, and the Nuggets swept them. And so it wasn't that it came down to a Game 7. It wasn't that it came down to an injury. It wasn't that, oh, you know, Anthony Davis, you know, uh, whatever. Like, oh, yeah. the, the, the Nuggets were just the better team all series long. And so I, I was happy that they got that moment. I know the moment was short-lived because of LeBron's comments, but I also feel like they did get that moment where everybody's kind of looked around and was like, this team's really freaking awesome. Jokic is awesome. The role players are awesome. Jamal Murray is awesome. Uh, so I was really happy about that, Jason. By the way, a one-point lead for Boston, about 30 seconds left as Jason Tatum attacks the rim. Miami has the ball with under 30 seconds to go down one, Jason. Oh, my goodness. It's incredible. It really is. And, I mean, Butler's having one of the worst nights you've ever seen, but the last, like, three, four minutes – well, Duncan He's Robinson's been there, made a few in a row. Duncan Robinson's having a worse night because he has missed two wide open threes. Both of one would have tied the game at a hundred. This one would have given the 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 Heat a two point lead. He misses a three. Boston gets the ball and is fouled. They're up one hundred. They're up one hundred one one hundred with sixteen seconds left. I apologize, Jason. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I mean you're not wrong. I mean you actually look at Duncan Robinson overall. He's three or six from three, but the two, but the but the three misses, two of them that you just mentioned, absolutely critical here. It's amazing that they're this close, though, considering where they were two or three game minutes ago. The yep. fact that they actually have a shot here is amazing. They do. Marcus Smart misses the front end of a one and one. Miami will have the ball back down two. With the ball, Jimmy Butler. This is very reminiscent, by the way, of Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals last year where obviously Jimmy Butler missed a shot at the buzzer that would have sent the Miami Heat to the Finals. And oh my goodness, Jason. We can't do play-by-play. But Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, with two seconds left in this game, just got fouled. It appears as though he was attempting a three-pointer. Uh, we will we will confirm on video replay. Uh, it's hard to tell from the angle we have here. He is going to the foul line to shoot at least two foul shots, maybe three. 
and Miami is trailing by two with two seconds left. So do we have all of that? Have I contextualized it correctly? Jimmy Butler fouled shooting. The Miami Heat trail by two. He is going to the line for at least two, maybe three. They are going to the monitor right now. Jason, what did we open the show with at 10 p.m. Eastern? This is an awesome time slot. We are blessed to do what we do in this specific. Listen, we have a lot of great hosts on these airwaves. Chris Broussard, Rob Parker, Doug Gottlieb, Colin Cowherd, Kavino and Rich, on and on. They will all be reacting to this game on Monday and Tuesday. We get to do it in real time as we are waiting to see whether Jimmy Butler will be shooting two or three foul shots here. Unbelievable stuff. Unbelievable stuff. Yeah, and every angle that I've seen of it so far, you can't tell um, because you can't see his feet because there's so many people and they're so close. And I mean the fans. So I have no idea. Like, I still haven't seen anything that gives me any impression. But the idea that Jimmy Butler could have three free throws is kind of incredible. This is what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break as they go to the monitor. Again, Miami trails by two with two seconds left. Jimmy Butler has been fouled. They are at the monitor looking to see whether it is a two or a three. We're going to come back. We're going to react in real time to the end of a thriller in Game 6. This is Fox Sports Radio. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance... Stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Welcome back, everybody. Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin, broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. Jason, when I tell you we just had one of the craziest endings in NBA history. Listen, sometimes people in our business, and I'm probably one of them, you can get into hyperbole on things. We just had one of the craziest finishes in NBA history for people who did not see it live. Let me set it up, Jason. We're going to have full reaction pretty much from now until we get off air at about 2 a.m. Eastern time. When we last left you, the Miami Heat trailed by two with two seconds left in the game. Jimmy Butler had been fouled. We could not tell if it was a two or a three. Go to the monitor. We come back. It was a three-pointer that Jimmy Butler attempted. He got three free throws. Jimmy Butler trailing two, goes to the foul line, makes all three free throws to give the Miami Heat a one-point lead with three point seconds left. With three seconds left, Boston gets the ball back. Inbounds the ball to Marcus Smart. I thought Marcus Smart took a bad, bad. early it shot. He, he caught it and immediately shot the ball. Immediately shot the ball. It hits off the rim. Derek White with the putback as time expires to give the Boston Celtics a one-point win in Miami in Game 6. So, again, Jimmy Butler, three free throws to give Miami the lead with one second with, with three seconds left. An errant Marcus Smart shot. Derek White with the putback. We're going to have full sound. We're going to have reaction from the podium. The guys in the back are busting their butt. I know they are. But, Jason, sometimes there's hyperbole. This is not it. That was one of the craziest endings in NBA basketball history. Truly wild. Making all three free throws for Butler on a night where he wasn't doing a whole lot offensively, but there in that last five minutes, that's what I was talking about when I said if Miami was going to win it, it was going to take one of those Jimmy Butler kind of moments, and he gave him he gave him one. And then they took a timeout, Boston took a timeout, and you actually could see during the timeout Butler saying one stop. Yep. is basically what he was saying. One stop and we're in the NBA Finals. And they got it, right? Because Marcus Smart Took a bad shot. It was off balance. There was a, It was really just – and it actually was closer than it looked. And because of the way it came off the rim and it was like in and out, uh, Derek White was able to just kind of tip it up. And when you say as time expired, the ball hit his fingers with two-tenths of a second left. And it was clear at one-tenth one of a second. I mean, literally this was – as close to not counting as you could possibly get, and you go back and you see, no, he did it by about a tenth of a second, and Boston ends up winning by one, and now we've got a game seven on Monday night, which is going to be unreal. But that is that is insane. Um, everything that took place in that last stretch, that's – I'm not sure I will forget that one. Like, we've we've had some crazy things happen during this time slot, but that one right there, that one's going to – that's got to be up there. That might be the greatest one I've seen. Um, I, I think Georgia-Ohio State, when you weren't there, when it was me and Arnie that night, maybe right there just because of how that finish played out. But, man, incredible. And what heartbreak for Miami because 
you feel like you got it. You see Marcus Smart take that shot, you feel like you've got it. And now you've got to fly to Boston and play this team 48 more minutes when you already had three cracks to beat them one time to knock them out. And now all the momentum is with them. All the pressure, I think, is still on you if you're Miami. Um, I it, I don't even know what to say. That was wild. That was that was insane. That was sports, folks. That's why there are channels that you are listening to, wherever you happen to be hearing us tonight, and we appreciate it. Uh, that's why there's channels devoted to this stuff, because you just can't write anything like this. Bernie Frado often says it's the greatest reality show on te- on television, and tonight proved it again. You just you couldn't have dreamed that scenario up. That was perfect from a dramatic standpoint. And look, tomorrow night on HBO's finale, series finale is Succession. You got the series finale of Barry. You got some of the great prestige TV shows of a generation coming to an end. And I'm not sure any of them can stick the landing the way Boston and Miami just did to end game six. Yeah, my only, I mean, listen, there's so many takeaways. First of all, I I do feel bad for the Miami Heat. Um, You know, the rally, as we've said throughout this show, a game where they did not get their best from their best players. But Jimmy Butler, in true, um, you know, superstar fashion, I mean, there's that's the only other way to put it. Um, You know, in true superstar fashion, this guy single-handedly put that team on his back, hit a couple big shots, uh, got to the foul line. He's been banged up all game. You know, I go back to, and it's not the reason that they lost, but, but you know, two wide-open threes missed by Duncan Robinson that, that would have put him in better position. But Jimmy Butler, I know the stat sheet is going to say he finished this game 5 for 21 from the field, but he also was 12 for 14 from the foul line. So, you know, the one thing that stands out is you want your great players in great moments to step up, and that is exactly what Jimmy Butler did on an otherwise forgettable night. He was incredible the final four or five minutes of that game. The second thing, and they still have to win game seven, but one, I, I don't know how you come back and, and win that game. I mean, That's going to be tough. Yeah, I'll give you a, a, an analogy that Boston fans probably won't like hearing, but it, it's almost like you know people forget – the Bill Buckner game, yeah. the Mets still had to come back and win a game seven after that. That was game six, but the, the Red Sox weren't winning that game in the – they weren't winning that game and winning that World Series in the manner that they lost game six. And and I just don't know how Miami – now you got to fly back, as you said, to Boston. Uh, and and, and I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm stunned one. My only other thought is – and you see this sometimes – um, you know, the, the term team of destiny gets thrown around too much. I'm not saying Boston is that, but I mean, you talk about a moment where, again, it, it's cliche, but it's true. They, 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 they missed that shot. Marcus Smart shot goes out of bounds, whatever. We're talking about, do you got to trade Jalen Brown? Do you got to blow up this team? Do you got to fire Joe Missoula? Something you and I talked about last week. That feels like a moment that is going to send them to the finals. And at this point, with the momentum that they're going to have with the Nuggets, and I know there's a Game 7, so I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but that feels like a moment where if the Celtics are celebrating an NBA title a few weeks from now, this feels like the moment where we say, oh, they might be, they, that was when we should have known they were a team of destiny right there. They were a shot away, a tipping away from going home, and now there's a Game 7 in Boston on Monday night, Jason. 
I mean, the ball had to come off the rim the way that it did. Had to come off the rim that quickly. By the way, and Marcus Smart had to inadvertently, and I think he did shoot. I, I know a, a basketball person will say, "Oh, he put it on the rim so they would have time for for uh, for a putback." No, I think that was a bad, ill-timed shot with three seconds left. But continue. If he hadn't put, if he had put up that shot with you know two four on the clock instead of two nine, this game's over. Miami's going to the finals. So that's part of it too. Was I don't think it was a good shot for Marcus Smart, but it ended up working out for them, Jason. I don't either. Um, I, now I watched the replay; it looked a little better on the replay. They just showed it again, and I was able to kind of look at it, and I can understand why Marcus Smart would take that. He might have thought nobody else was going to get a better look over the next second and a half. He was taller than the guy who was guarding him, but again, everything had to be perfect for that tip in, and somehow it was. Um, it's definitely obviously if Boston wins, we're going to be going back and looking at this. No question about it. You can call the team a destiny or, or whatever you want to do, but this is a team again that when you think that they have been beaten, that's when you're in trouble. Remember, Doc Rivers even said that before Game Seven. He was just like, "Man, I've seen, I've been a part of a lot of these. I've seen a lot of these Boston Game Sevens and these situations and things like that." Now here comes the problem. So now you've got three games to three. When you asked me earlier about Boston, I told you that when they have expectations, that's a lot of times when they tend to falter. They play a lot better when their backs are against the wall. They play a lot better when they can play the chip on your shoulder card, all of that. They're the two seed, and now you're even, and it's just whoever goes out and wins on Monday. Like it's a national championship in college basketball all of a sudden. Whoever wins on Monday is going to the NBA Finals. Other teams going home. We don't have to worry about it being 3-0-0-3, all of that at this point in time. It's one game. Boston should win the game. They've got it at home. They aren't missing the sixth guy of the year like Tyler Hero missing with Miami. They've got their superstars. They're healthy. It's in their building. It's one night. They're the two seed. They're going to be the home court advantage in the NBA Finals if they win, which means they had a great regular season, a better regular season certainly than the Miami Heat. So, now they've got the expectations again because I expect them to win. They should win. I don't care that it's never been done before. I think the usual reason it's never been done before, coming back from 3 is because a team that falls behind 3-0 is usually demonstrably worse than the other team. In this case, that wasn't really true. Miami was playing above themselves, and Boston was regressing to kind of a mediocre version of themselves. But if these two teams are both at their best, Boston should win. So now I want to see if Boston can play because I think the expectation is they'll win the game on Monday. So two quick thoughts on that. One, I saw a stat that I believe there's been three times in NBA history where a team has trailed 0-3 and forced a game seven. All three have lost, but all three had to play on the road in game seven. So it was the inferior team. Mm -hmm. So there's that. And then I have to give a shout-out to our board op, Chris Perfett, who brought this up to me uh, a moment ago. I don't know if you saw this, Jason. I know you don't spend much time on social media these days. But uh, after the Celtics fell down 0-3, there was some sort of ESPN stats and infographic about, like, they still had, like, a 61% chance to win the, 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 the series or something. And uh, just the, the internet just crushed whatever metric this was. Yeah, basically, I, from what I understand about those, they, it, it's 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 going off historical data, 
And I think that historical model, whatever they were using, just looked at the Heat as an eight seed and just assumed that that trumped everything else. That trumped 3-0, everything else. It's just, it's an eight seed, they won't win. And you look at all the stuff that we've talked about earlier in the show is that the Heat really don't have a second star behind Jimmy Butler. Respect to Bam Adebayo for who he's become, but he's not really that dude. Uh, Also, obviously, you know, Game 7 would be in Boston. I mean, there, there were a lot of variables, but... Yes, Chris, to your point, it was something that got obliterated on social media, and I think fairly. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll come back with more reaction. Also, do much like last Saturday, do want to open up the phone lines, people's reaction. Is Miami cooked? Is there any chance that you see them going into Boston and winning a Game 7 on Monday night, Memorial Day? We're going to discuss that next. The phone lines, by the way, one 99 on Fox one 996 6369 Again, one 996 6369 We want your reaction. Is there any chance that Miami has a chance to go into Boston and win Game 7? Jason and I will discuss that next. But first, let's toss it over the news desk. Steve DeSager. What's trending? I mean, I know what's trending, but but yeah, the floor is yours, this? DeSager. They did count it. They did look at it. Derek White, the hero for the Boston Celtics. Their season's still alive. And what you mentioned, how rare this is from somebody down 0-3 in a series to come back and even manage to force a Game 7. That was the 1951 Knicks, Denver in 1994, Portland in 2003. All three of those lost Game 7. All three of those played Game 7 on the road. Boston will be home. They are the two seed in the East. I will say Boston in its last 20 home playoff games, 9 and 11 the record. 5 and 5 at home wow. this year. So, it's not automatic that the home team is going to take it. It will be a Monday night game 7 in Boston though as the East Finals are not quite done. And we saw a guy in the first half tonight for the Boston Celtics, Jason Tatum scored 25 points. He finished with 31. This guy has nearly 2,800 points this season, regular season and playoffs combined. That's number two in Celtics' long history for one season, trailing only Larry Bird, 1985. But you're right, this was one of the great finishes in the NBA playoffs because what separates it from the others, the Celtics were three seconds away from the season being over. Well, and Jimmy Butler had to make three foul shots in a row to put it into the situation where obviously it still would have been a game winner, but... Like you said, the season is on the line. If Jimmy Butler even misses one, of, I mean, if obviously if he misses two or more, the game's over. But then if he makes, if he misses one, then we're going to overtime in a worst case scenario. To your point, DeSager, he makes all three. The Celtics season was on the line. And then we heard the call from Kevin Harlan, TNT, that on the putback at the buzzer by Derek White, Boston wins 104-103 at Miami. As far as other great finishes. The irony is this is somewhat similar to the very famous young Michael Jordan playoff shot over Craig Elo to beat Cleveland. That eliminated an opponent, which is what this did not do tonight. But the Bulls were facing elimination because that was game five of a best of five. The irony, it was Craig Elo with three seconds left that put his team ahead by one. Mm. Jordan came back and scored the jumper at the buzzer to beat Elo and the Cavs. That was 1989. And let's not forget one of the great finishes we've ever seen in the NBA playoffs, Kawhi Leonard a few years ago with the jumper at the buzzer of a Game 7 that hit the rim 
four times and went in and eliminated Philadelphia. Exactly. Here we're going to have a Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals in Boston on Monday night. What a finish this evening. And Miami was down 10 yes. with under four minutes to go. Two separate times in the fourth quarter, I believe they were down 10. Eric Spolster has had a winning record when trailing by 10 in this postseason. It's just crazy. This was going to be the fourth time that they win a game down 10. They almost pulled this out. Instead, a home loss and Boston's home on Monday night. Wow. Milwaukee's new head coach will reportedly be Raptors assistant Adrian Griffin. Dallas in the hockey playoffs still alive in the West Final. One at Vegas, 4-2 with back-to-back goals in the third. Golden Knights lead in the series three games to two. This Dallas Stars win this evening extends the series, and it means the Stanley Cup Finals will not start until next Saturday, June the 3rd. We'll see about weather for NASCAR 600 at Charlotte tomorrow. It's due to be on Fox TV, 6 p.m. Eastern time, but today's Xfinity race was rained out, postponed to Monday. Practice and qualifying were each rained out today. To Major League Baseball, Shohei Otani starting pitcher for the Angels tonight. Marlins lead in Anaheim 2-1 over the Halos. The Mets were down 6-0 early with Justin Verlander on the mound. Mets have come back for a 7-6 lead at the Rockies in the bottom of the seventh inning. Craziness in the NBA, and the series is not done yet. Jimmy Butler, as of late in the game, was 3 of 19 shooting from the floor, and he was three seconds away from being the hero of the game and getting him on to the finals. I'm glad you mentioned earlier that it was a year ago these two teams in the Eastern Conference Finals. Boston eliminated the Heat, holding on to win a Game 7 at Miami as Jimmy Butler missed a late jumper then. Back to you. Thank you very much, Steve DeSager. Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports Saturday, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. We are brought to you by Discover. The end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right, everything you earned doubled. Seriously, see terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. We do have a few people on the phones, Jason. We'll get to them momentarily, but two quick things stand out about this. One, from the Miami Heat perspective, so, like, we're both, I mean, I don't want to over-dramatize this. It's sports. Anything can happen. We both think that it's going to be really hard for Miami to emotionally, spiritually come back and win a Game 7 in Boston, right? Like, like, like not just because it's it's a Game 7 on the road, and I know that DeSager had that incredible stat, 9-11 and 11 Boston is in their last 10, or the last 20 uh, 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 home games, but you lose in the manner that you did. As Jimmy Butler mouthed, mouthed to his team, one stop away from a trip to the NBA Finals. I, I I just think it's going to be so 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 hard for this team to come back. I mean, I would say that it would be more impressive to me if they win Game Seven than the three zero lead that they had over a two seed, or the fact that they beat Milwaukee. Like that would be the biggest achievement, not because it's sending them to the NBA Finals, but because it seems so unlikely. Because the come down moment that they experienced tonight, how do you then go on a plane and live your best life in that building when they have all the momentum against you? I mean, that might be the kind of thing where Jimmy Butler comes out and has the opposite kind of game of the one he had tonight and makes everything he takes. And, and we're still watching the Heat in the finals, but it just seems like I can't give them more than about a 10% chance. And that even feels like I'm being generous. It just feels like they lost the series tonight. I agree. Well, and and the other part too, you know, Jimmy Butler 
I know he was heroic late, but uh, what was it? Five for 21 he was in this game. Um, you know, you, you look back to some of the previous games, obviously played pretty well, uh, uh, you know, throughout the series, but 14 points the other night. Um, you start to wonder if he's wearing down. And again, it's just a matter of do they have enough guys around him? Because he he looks dead tired, almost like LeBron in some of those late games against Denver where it's like, you know, LeBron scores whatever, 30-something in the first half, but does he have twenty you know 24 minutes left in him? I kind of feel the same way with Jimmy Butler. I want to ask you this, Jason, from the Celtics' perspective, is let's say somehow it doesn't happen and Miami somehow, uh, you know, kind of summons enough to win Game 7. From your perspective, do you believe, like, and I know we're, we're in the moment, but is this still a, if you fall short, something has to change, whether it's Joe Missoula, whether it's a big trade, obviously the talk this week, and I think everybody knows, but Jalen Brown is due for a massive extension, you're going to be paying Jason Tatum a ton of money, those guys would be eating up a ton of your cap space, if they were to fall. Do you think they've done enough by forcing a Game 7? They would be, at that point, a game away from back-to-back NBA Finals. Have they done enough, in your opinion, to run things back for 2023-2024? Maybe. I still could see Brown being out, and I definitely could see Missoula being out because you mentioned it. Brown is in line for a lot of money, and there's going to be some other teams that are going to be willing to pay it, and I'm not sure that Boston, if they miss the Finals, we'll see that pairing with Tatum as ideal. Maybe there's a better option for them out there. When you look at Mazzola, his problem is he wasn't the guy that was hired. He's the guy that inherited the job because of the circumstances of Udoka. So it's not like he has any kind of tenure or any kind of equity built up. And you might look at that and say that could cost him his job. Because we've seen higher-profile guys lose their jobs, though, when their teams have exited – you could see Boston bucking that trend and trying to turn this into a unity moment, saying, you know what, everybody's coming back. We're going to run this thing back again. I could see it, but I tend to think something would change. Yeah, and listen, I, I'm not, you know, I, I know that sometimes in our business, you know, I, I hate people that say, I, I'd never call for another man's job. It's like, well, if you suck at your job, I'm going to call for it. But I bring it up to say, I don't know that I feel that way about Joe Mazzulla. Like, he has shown me something the last three games because it looked like they had completely quit on the guy in Game 3. Um, and so I guess I would have to see how Game 7 unfolds. And I don't know that I have a strong opinion about it right now. I, I think it's an interesting conversation. I don't know that I have a strong opinion because I do think the one thing is, as you well, two things. One, as you said, um, this he was not, um, you know, he was not the guy. I mean, it was Ime Adoka. And then, obviously, their top assistant, Will Hardy, left in the offseason, having no reason to believe that Ime Adoka wouldn't be the head coach. So Joe Mazzulla was basically third in line as of a year ago with no indication that he was going to get this job. So that's one. And then, two, I think the other thing which has to be discussed, as Sager just told you, uh, Milwaukee has hired their head coach, and you look at that big three of championship-caliber coaches that are still out there, Nick Nurse, uh, Budenholzer, and, of course, uh, Monty Williams as well. I know Monty Williams hasn't won a championship, but obviously he had the the Suns in the finals a few years ago. So I just bring it up to say that's the part that, that has me a little, um, I guess you could say, tripped up, is that I'm not saying you have to fire him if it doesn't work or if you lose Game 7, but I think it's something that probably would have to be considered uh, just because of the quality of coaches out there. I'll tell you what, we'll come back. More reaction to Game 6 
of the Eastern Conference Finals. If you missed it, a Derek White put back at the buzzer gives the Celtics a one-point win, allowing them to force a Game 7. By the way, if you want to call in, we got a few people on the line right now. one 99 on Fox. one 996 Let's open up those phone lines. If you want to call in, is there any way Miami can go back to Boston and win Game 7? We continue this conversation next. Fox Sports Radio. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that! Shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is the height of pressure. The moment we'll be replaying over and over and over again. It's in the hands of Derek White. Here we go. And a smart, smart turn, space is three, rims out! It was tapped up and in, but it didn't come too late! We don't know anything yet! All eyes are on Zach Zarba at the scorer's table because he holds the information Everyone in his hand right now. Is confirmed. Good basket. It is over, and the Boston Celtics have boldly and impossibly gone where no NBA team has gone before. Down 3-0, they have forced a seventh and deciding game at the buzzer. That was Celtics Radio Network. If you missed the end of the Celtics Heat game, game six, absolute insanity. Jimmy Butler fouled with 2.1 seconds left, which is another conversation for hour three. 
He makes all three foul shots to give the Miami Heat a one-point lead. They trail by two. Jimmy Butler makes three foul shots. And what you just heard was at the buzzer, Celtics put up a shot. Marcus Smart, it's no good. It is rebounded by Derek White, a putback, and the Boston Celtics have won game six at the buzzer. They are headed home for game seven, and they are trying to overcome an 0-3 series lead to become the first team ever, the first team ever to overcome an 0-3 series lead. We want to open up the phone lines, one 99 on Fox, one 996 6369 I'll tell you this, Jason Martin, you talk about the reach of Fox Sports Radio Ben in Australia oh, yeah. is on the phone. Ben, first of all, wh- like what what time what time is it right now and what day is it? I don't mean to be a, an ugly American that is unsophisticated. What time is it in Australia right now? Uh, it's 10 to 2 on a Sunday afternoon. 10 to 2 on, you're talking to us from the future. What is Sunday uh, <laughs> what is Sunday May 28th like? What is that? What do we need to know about tomorrow besides that the Celtics are are headed home to, oh. to win this series? We're heading into winter now, mate, so it's all getting pretty cold now. Uh, just out for a walk with uh, a little guy. Okay, well, so you're out for a walk. You were obviously in front of a television, or maybe you were listening to Fox Sports Radio. What's your reaction, and most importantly, do you think there's any way, this is going to be the conversation of the next 36 to 48 hours, is there any way Miami can go home, go go on the road, excuse me, to Boston and win a Game 7? Uh, you'd like to think so, but I reckon they've put just about everything they had into this final push, coming down from 10 points to finish it out how they did. But i got to say, Jerry Mazzula is lucky that Derry White got that shot in because originally Jimmy Butler had been called two points on the foul. It wasn't until the review on the foul that um, Porford had done that they sat back and looked and said it was three points. So that gave Jimmy Butler the three-point crack. That's true. Yeah. I don't disagree. I think it's just – I just think – by the way, Ben, thank you for the call. Enjoy the walk, and we will keep you entertained here because there is by so By the way, much I like how to... that was put. Like, I reckon they put all into that last push. <sighs> yeah, I reckon you're right. Like, 100%. I want to give – I want to go back and give Perfect props. I want to give Chris Perfect props for the uh, rejoin music there. Out of touch. Well, it was a touch in by Derek White. Uh, out of time, not quite. But two-tenths of a second – Almost out of time, and now we got 48 more minutes of game time to determine who's going to represent the East in the NBA Finals. I, we're I'll out tell of our you, heads. The one exactly, the one thing that I will say, and this is this is going to give me pause going into this game Monday night. The talk that we're already having, the way we're discussing it, the way everybody else is going to discuss it. Be real careful of of pushing this in the other direction where you give the chip on the shoulder back to Miami and then they do go back into Boston and win against a team that hasn't been very good at home in the playoffs because I guarantee you virtually nobody's going to give Miami a chance. Mm-hmm. And if I'm Miami, that's the best that's the best possible feeling I can have going into this because I can build off of that. Well, and think about this whole series, right? Nobody gave Miami a chance in game 1. Then they steal game. Well, they're not going to take two in a row in Boston. Then they take two in a row in Boston. But then they come home. Well, I mean, I know they're at home, but they're they're not going to go up 3-0 on the Celtics. There's too much pride. They go up 3-0. So really the last time 
that we had the nobody believes in the Heat conversation going was basically the first three games of the series. They won all three. Obviously, game four, we think they're going to sweep. They don't. Game five, well, it's in Boston. Well, game six, I mean, they got to win this one. So this will really be the first time since game three that I think most people will be like, eh, you know, it's probably not going to happen. So I agree, and I, I will say – we we you know this is what you said and what Bernie leads his show with every uh, every Saturday following us is this is why we love sports right is that um, you just look at this scenario and no one you're right no one over the next forty eight hours and I'll include myself I I don't believe the Heat are going to win nobody's going to give them a chance but this is why we love sports because the unexpected becomes the regular all the time I wouldn't doubt the Heat. But their back is up against the wall for all the reasons that you said, Jason, as well as Ben in Australia, who just called in. Yeah, and the reason why, and and Bernie's point, and I've always loved that analogy and agree with him a million percent. Is the one thing that you know you can knock the Marvel Cinematic Universe for through the years, and one of the big critiques of it, I guess I should say, because I'm a fan of it, but is that it's so predictable, right? Like you kind of know it's a cookie-cutter sort of formula as to how these movies are going to play out each time. In sports, they've actually got to play the games. We can tell you what we think is going to happen, and it can be 99% certain. It's the 1% that gives us a business and gives us the opportunity to talk about this and, and make money doing it because we are all so just captivated by what could happen. I don't disagree. Just an insane ending. More reaction to the Celtics stealing Game 6 in Miami, what it means for Game 7, and what it means for the finals. Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in, everybody. Hour 3, Torres and Martin, Fox Sports Radio. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. We are also brought to you by Discover. At the end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right, everything you've earned doubled. Seriously, see terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. By now, everybody knows the story of the night uh, as the Boston Celtics in just one of the most insane, I, I don't think it's an exaggeration, one of the most insane finishes in NBA playoff history. Going to reset it. Forgive me if you heard me say this before. But the Heat trail by as many as 10 points in the fourth quarter. Come all the way back. Jimmy Butler is fouled with 2.1 seconds left. Jason, we're going to get to that in a minute. 2.1 seconds left. Shooting a three. Goes to the line. Makes all three. The Heat had trailed by two. They take a one-point lead. Celtics get the ball at midcourt after a timeout. Marcus Smart misses a a fallaway three, a tip-in by Derek White at the buzzer right before the buzzer, allows the Celtics to steal a win. 104-103 is the final score. Celtics win game six. We're headed to game seven in Boston. But, Jason, I will say this. Something has kind of emerged on social media that's worth monitoring and worth noting, and we don't have an answer for it yet. But have you seen... Well, I, I, I saw it in real time, Jason, but I, I haven't seen an explanation as to why. Jimmy Butler, after his third foul shot, there were 2.1 seconds left on the clock. And the Celtics got the ball back with three seconds left mm. on the clock. And so there's some social media conspiracy theories out there. 
I don't have an answer. I don't have an explanation, nor do I expect you to have it. We are obviously monitoring for any statements from the NBA or anything like that. We're, we're, we're kind of monitoring it. But it is interesting, right? I mean, because usually you only add time if there was some weird play where the ball goes out of bounds. For them to add time after a made free throw makes no sense unless, of course, they had they went to the monitor during the break, reviewed the play that led to the free throws, and added time there. But it's certainly suspicious, and it goes without saying Miami fans are not very happy with that, Jason. Well, I guess we got to wait and see what the explanation is for it. I think the thing that makes it more difficult is if Harlan and the TNT crew didn't comment on the fact that they added time to the clock. And Harlan's about as good as it gets in this business. So you would think if he knew it, he would have commented on it. And maybe it did happen and we just missed it. But look, nine-tenths of a second doesn't sound like a lot except when you realize that the game winner, the tip-in, came with .2 left. Mm-hmm. You added four. I mean, you added, you know, that plus point seven, but still less than a second, and it was still enough. Like if you take that off, there's no putback. There's no time for a putback. That shot by Smart becomes the last shot. Now, I don't know if they do something differently. I don't know what you do in this case. If you say, "Hey, that clock shouldn't have changed," what do you do? Like, do you say, sorry about that, Miami, you still got to play game seven? Like, I don't know. I I mean, I guess you can't go back and fix that, but if it were to turn out that somehow this got done wrong and it shouldn't have gone to three seconds and there's not some kind of explanation for it, holy cow, is that going to be a big-time controversy uh, almost immediately? Like, they need to get on this quick. And they need to address it fast because this is the kind of thing that can spiral out of control in a hurry. Yeah, and and you know, again, we'll be monitoring social media for any kind of statement. Obviously, the guys in the back are monitoring all the post game. I don't know as of right now. I have not seen you know an Eric Spolstra or a Jimmy Butler comment on it. Jimmy Butler was just is still at the podium right now. I uh, haven't seen, obviously, if the Celtics have commented on it at all. I should mention, by the way, Mark Medina will be joining us here in just about 15 minutes from now. Perfect timing on Mark Medina to bring him back, uh, to bring him in, because he is going to have some great insight. And, and I'm curious, I'm sure he's working the phones right now to see if he can get any clarification. But, Jason, I mean, this is uh, – and by the way, maybe there's a perfectly logical explanation. Maybe they went to the monitor, and it's very clear that they should have added time. But this obviously, I mean, it's not an exaggeration. Like, it changes the entire outcome of this game, potentially the series, potentially NBA history, depending on what happens over the next two or three weeks. Again, Jimmy Butler fouled, goes to the line with 2.1 seconds left, makes all three foul shots. The Celtics get the ball back. 0.9 seconds have been added. They hit a shot, a tip-in. Basically, the ball is in Derek White's hands at under a half a second. And so the clock would have expired by then. So, um, I, you know, I don't know what else to say. We'll monitor this one, Jason. But if there is, you know, like like if there is a situation where um, the NBA, like the NBA needs to come out with something. And I, and I know sometimes I do think there are times where stuff gets over-exaggerated on social media. This doesn't feel like one of them. This feels like, uh, here you go, somebody somebody is tweeting and Brad in Montana is saying they added the time before the free throws, they added the time when they looked at the Butler play and the three to see if it was a foul. Okay, I mean, if that's the case, then But why did they wait no until after here. the foul shots? I mean, I, I we'll, we'll get clarification. Uh, like I said, Mark Medina is joining us here in 15 minutes or so. 
Um, but uh, DeSager, did you have something you want to add? Before the three foul shots. What's that? If you look at the video, it's three seconds when Butler is shooting the three Really? Okay. Yes. And Ernie Johnson did bring it up on TNT postgame and said, essentially said, nothing to see here, people. He doesn't find it. So I just made up a huge conspiracy theory. Well, no, no, you didn't. I mean, you were reading it off social media. Well, Francis, I I think think I got all of America and apparently all of Australia riled up with my uh, conspiracy (laughs) theory. I think what people are also bringing up is that the, the... officiating in this game was also all over the place tonight. There was well, a lot I, of just questionable stuff. There was stuff. a lot of over-officiating tonight, yeah, I, mean, I would I, say, for both teams. Th- yeah, and that's what I would say, too, Jason, is for both teams. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, Jimmy regarding Butler free throws. dribbled or something? I, can we just say that Jason Tatum was 15 for 15 yeah, on free I, throws? I, I, if I he misses one of those, it, it changes the end. Oh, that's yeah. right. And Jimmy Butler. Between him and, and Jalen Brown, uh, I think they were – uh, 23 out of 25. Yeah, because Brown missed two of 10. <laughs> and then the other guy, and Tatum goes 15 of 15. Like, you you just can't ask for better than that. Well, and Jimmy Butler, too. I mean, you know, rightly people are going to talk about him not having a great game, but 12 of 14 from the foul line, including three shots, um, you know, just ice in his veins to give them the lead. So, listen, again, for people who missed it, a, a tip-in at the buzzer from Derek White and Jason, I, I know we, we rehashed this an hour or two. I know we talked about it. I get that this is professional sports. I get that um I get that anything can happen and these are pro- I just I, I don't see the scenario where Miami can rally themselves after that loss, fly into a hostile Boston environment. Now, to your point, Jason, you brought it up last hour, and I think it's an important one is that Boston, when the pressure is on them, when people actually expect them to do something, that's when they have historically over the last year, if you go back to last year's NBA Finals, have struggled. They have had basically the pressure off of them the last three games because nobody expected them to go 3-0 and in these last three. But I get that. I also just don't know how Miami can go into Boston after, in the way that they lost, too. It's one thing if you, if you lose by six and it's just not enough and Jimmy Butler has a bad night or you know somebody's in foul trouble or somebody twists an ankle or Gabe Vincent isn't back. But to rally from down 10, to have the lead with three seconds to go. By the way, what did Ben say? He reckoned that... Uh, the, yeah, the, he reckoned they, that they put everything out. That, yeah. that, that, last, that last run... They just gave it all they had, which yeah. they did. There's no question about that. I don't mean to continue to repeat myself. By the way, Jimmy Butler doing an extensive uh, podium, so we'll see if anything worthwhile comes out of that. But, Jason, I don't mean to keep repeating myself, but it is such a tough ask in the way that they lost to now fly on the road again. The stat is only three teams have ever forced a Game 7 trailing 0-3, but all three of them had to go on the road for Game 7. Um, this one... Uh, no, they, 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 oh, excuse me. All three teams that blew a 3-0 series lead had Game 7 at home. Miami is obviously going to have to go on the road. Again, I don't mean to belabor the point. I just think it's so tough to ask this team to go to Boston in the manner in which they lost today, Jason. I mean, I would say this is going to be the hardest game any of these Heat players have ever played in their career. It's going to be the hardest win to get, at least. It won't be the hardest game. I mean, they've, they've probably played in games and, and in situations that were more difficult. But you, you get to this to try and actually win the game. I'm saying this is going to be the toughest W they've ever achieved. Um, because you're right. Like, it seems almost insurmountable. 
I'm going to give them the chance because they do get to play the game, and Jimmy Butler is just wired different. And if he just shows up in a way that we have seen him at times throughout his career, especially in Miami, they can still win this thing. And, again, I don't trust Boston nearly as much when the expectations are on their side, and it would appear that they're going to be wildly on their side. So, yeah, there is a scenario where it can happen. But, man, it seems incredibly improbable. And by the second, I get less enthused about any kind of a prediction going Miami's way. I mean, I picked Boston before the postseason started to win it all. So I would assume they're going to win game seven as well. But with all the circumstances surrounding this, how could you not pick them? Like, I, I can't imagine picking against Boston in this game. If Miami does this, it's going to be one of the more impressive victories you will ever see because they were on the top of the mountain and they were pushed off it. And now they're at the bottom and they have to climb all the way back up to that peak again. And they're exhausted and they're tired. They already felt like it was almost time to celebrate, and then they've watched it crumble underneath them three times. And this one right here was like being stabbed five times, like right in the face. Like this this, this is about as hard a loss as you're ever going to see as well. They've got to get over this, get on a plane, fly to Boston, play against a team that had a great regular season and has stars all over the floor themselves. That is That is a task that if they pull it off, we should all give them a standing ovation at the end of it. I know they blew a 3-0 lead to make it a game seven. I understand that. But this win should be worth about five because it's going to be real tough. It will be tough, and obviously the question becomes, can Miami actually win game seven? We're going to discuss that next, but we're not going to do it alone. We're going to bring in Mark Medina, NBA insider, who he will be discussing this incredible finish for us as the Celtics steal game six in Miami. Final score, 104-103. By the way, we are brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Make Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Coming up, Mark Medina joins us. Reaction to a wild finish in Miami. Celtics win. We're on to Game 7. We're on to Boston. This is Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin, broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. And we were brought to you by Discover. At the end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right, everything you've earned doubled. Seriously, see terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. Story of the night, unbelievable finish in Miami. Derek White shot at the buzzer to give the Celtics a 104-103 win forcing a Game 7 in Boston, and joining us now to discuss it all. He is our Fox Sports Radio NBA insider. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at MarkG underscore Medina. He needs no introduction. Mark Mark Medina, where were you? What were you doing? Was something thrown? Was what Were there screams? Where were you when Derek White's shot went through the basket tonight? <laughs> Nothing was thrown, thankfully. Um, I hear that... My reaction isn't as dramatic as what your guys' reaction was in the studio. All I just yelled out was a bunch of expletives, and I can't believe this is happening. But thankfully, no damaged TVs, no damaged controls, no punches in the wall, nothing. <laughs> but if I were a Celtics fan, it might be different. Um, 
Man, I, I don't even know what to say other than what changed over these last three games. Obviously, everything had to be perfect in that final play for that to happen. The ball had to come off the rim exactly at the right time, and it all worked out, and the Celtics end up winning this. But what changed over the last three games, both from a Boston and a Miami perspective? Yeah, well, I think there's a few things that changed. It's mostly been on Boston's end. They finally played with enough urgency. It's been a season uh, theme all year where they play down when they don't feel challenged, and then when they do feel challenged, backs against the wall. All of a sudden, you see the best versions of this, themselves. So at that point, you saw Jason Tatum be much more aggressive. Jalen Brown be a lot more accurate with his shots. You saw Joe Missoula be more of a calming presence and being more deliberative with his timeouts than reactive. On Miami's end, I think what's interesting, guys, is this wasn't a product of a team, quote-unquote, laying its guard down. I think that they play competitive when you look specifically at this game. Uh, they were in it, you know, obviously till the very end, and they almost called back after being down from a deficit here. But I think what the differentiator is beyond the fact that, you know, Derek White got that put back is, you know, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo just did not shoot well from the field. And I think if you're Miami, as much as this might be debilitating, knowing that it's a game seven now, anything can happen, you're now having to go in a, uh, a very volatile environment in Boston. Uh, the odds of Jimmy Butler shooting 5 of 21 from the field, Bam out of bio going 4 of 16, and shooting, um, you know, last I checked, 14 of 30 from three point range and still losing, like, that's pretty hard to fathom in a game seven. And so if I'm Miami, it's just all about staying calm, staying resilient, getting back after it. And if I'm Boston, it's about just revving it to the max and not letting any sort of feeling of satisfaction seep through because obviously the job's not done. They still have to win one more game. So, Mark, this is what Jason and I have talked about here for the last 20 minutes or so. Mark Medina joining us, Fox Sports Radio NBA insider. Uh, Jason and I seem to think, like, I, I, I think it's hard, and I know Boston has struggled at home, and I know the, the, the pressure is now sort of back on Boston, but it's sort of on Miami to, you know, you don't want to blow a 3-0 lead. But you seem pretty confident that Miami can kind of mentally rally. Now, who wins the game, who knows? But, like, I look at this, and in the manner in which you lost after that big rally, it just feels like, man, now you got to go on it. You, you were literally a box out from going to the NBA Finals. Now you got to go on the road to Boston 48 hours from now. But it sounds like you're confident that they can kind of push it aside. Yeah, without a doubt. And look, uh, this doesn't guarantee anything. If Miami is going to lose Game 7, I don't think it's going to be about the fact that they felt rattled from Game 6 or they just don't have the mental fortitude. I think it's going to be two things. It's going to be execution, and it's going to be about to what extent is the physical toll catching up to them. But when you're looking at this collective identity, um, they've been resilient all year. They've navigated through a bunch of stuff, and they really only ended up as an eighth seed because there are so many injuries that they're dealing with throughout the season and most notably to Jimmy Butler. And so, you know, heat culture's a real thing. The continuity with the coaching staff with their expulsors a real thing. You know, I think the the emotional maturity that, you know, the star players, whether it's Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, and then, you know, down the bench with Duncan Robinson, uh, it's all real. And so it's just a matter of they got to hit shots now and they got to absorb, you know, the ongoing absence, uh, you know, with Tyler Hero. Um, but they have enough. But in Boston's end, I think you almost flip it on its head. 
I could see them feeling, you know, good about themselves and they claw themselves out of this hole and all of a sudden they think, you know what, they just have to show up uh, and play and then that's an automatic W and that would be a very dangerous way of thinking against this Miami Heat team. Yeah, Mark, that was my point earlier is that this team plays a lot better when they don't have expectations. They remind me of like Georgia football three or four years ago where as soon as they were ranked number one, I could pencil them in for a loss within a week or two. This is this is a team that doesn't necessarily do that. And now you look at them, they're the high seed. They're the team that would host the NBA Finals. It's in their building. It's a game seven. They have all the momentum. It feels like the expectation is back on them, and now we have to see them do this again. As they've been the underdogs these last three games, you, as you said, we've seen the best version of them. But what are the chances that they fall back into the pattern of expectation and then finding a way to let that down luck don't rule it out it's been what they've been all about all season they looked unbeatable then toward the end they started losing all these you know uh questionable games against inferior opponents you kind of uh, chalk that up to regular season complacency but they carried that over to the playoffs the first round should have been a breeze against the atlanta hawks it's trey young and nothing else that should have been a sweep. The Philadelphia 76ers, they've been a hot mess. Even when you account for the fact that they underachieved, uh, the, 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 the Celtics made it almost look like this was a series that they should have won, which they shouldn't have. They should have blown past them because uh, Joel Embiid and James Harden were inconsistent. Doc Rivers was in over his head and, and falling apart in Game 7, as he traditionally has been. And so I thought that this this series specifically was a way of humbling the Celtics and finally catching up to them because the Miami Heat are a team that you don't mess around with. But to the Celtics' credit, they do have so much talent. They know how to respond when challenged. So really, this ultimate, this Game 7 is going to be all, the ultimate where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. And you'd like to think lessons learned, but you even just look at the final minutes of this Game 6 where they needed it. They almost mm-hmm. squandered the game. They were up by 10, and the, and the Heat came back, and they were able to hold on to win You know, a, a questionable uh, I, I won't say the questionable call with Jimmy Butler's foul. That was a foul, but the, sh- the, the clock handling, I thought it was three seconds. All of a sudden, it's under that. He, he doesn't make all the free foul shots, and then Derek White with that putback. So this very well could have been that game that came back to finally haunt them, but they dodged a ball. We'll see if uh, they, they use that lesson to its advantage in Game 7. Mark, I don't, I don't know where you stood coming into the last couple games on the future of the Celtics, but, but another angle here that Jason and I talked about, do you believe that Joe Missoula has done enough to keep the job? And, and do you believe if, if Miami does somehow win this Game 7, um, do you believe the Celtics need to reevaluate this team and this roster, or have they done enough in your eyes where they should probably run it back as is? Yeah, interesting questions. I thought if they were down 3-0 at the time, I thought, you know what, you have to seriously think that Joe Missoula's job is on the line. We've seen so many other uh, quality caliber coaches lose their job. The only thing that gave me some trepidation trepidation is not only is it his first year, but it's not like uh, this is a new ownership group or a new front office. Brad Stevens picked a Joe Missoula specifically. They have history, so sometimes because of that, there's an extra investment, some more patience. I think regardless of the outcome, his job is saved. As much as he deserved scrutiny throughout these playoffs as well as these first three games of getting guys ready to play, how he managed timeouts, how he was always stubborn about being small, 
uh, or going small with the rotation. He deserves credit for their resiliency, getting them motivated, getting them calm. So I think from that standpoint, everything's fine. I think regardless, though, from the personnel standpoint with the roster, I thought the roster would stay intact. I mean, the reality is... This team has a sample size of what it looked like with success with a different head coach last season when getting to the finals. And so I don't think that they would have blown that up. The only change would have been a head coach. But I think now, even if they lose game seven, I think everything for the most part as far as the core and the coaching staff will stay intact. Mark, what chance do you give either one of these teams against Denver who just really looks like a juggernaut right now? Yeah, I mean, I I would favor the Denver Nuggets because they're a complete team. They're fully arrested. I don't think it's inevitable or all but guaranteed because the Celtics and the Miami Heat are really good. Um, but look, the Denver Nuggets have proven that this is not just some cute story and that, oh, they're not worthy of making a deep playoff push. In the past two years, they fell short in the playoffs, namely because Jamal Murray was hurt for both times. You know, they were the team that overachieved three years ago in the bubble with getting to the Western Conference Finals after overcoming two 3-1 series deficits, first against Utah and then to the Clippers, and they just lost to a Lakers team that was just much more talented and deep. And here, with this uh, uh, current season with the Nuggets, they check every single box. Nikola Jokic, even though he didn't win MVP as he did the past two seasons, internally they feel like he took an even bigger leap with his play, with just his consistency, his leadership. Jamal Murray, not only is he healthy, he's been wildly effective. Same thing with Michael Porter Jr. They have a really deep supporting cast with guys like Aaron Gordon, uh, Bruce Brown, Contavious Caldwell-Pope that give them interior depth as well as perimeter depth. And they have a really good coach with Michael Malone, one of the best in the business. And so they really have no weaknesses. So I would give uh, the edge to Denver, but, you know, Boston and Miami are really championship-tested as well. They got good coaching. They got a good core. Uh, so flip a coin. But if I had a pick, I'd pick uh, Denver and six. Last one for me, Mark. Um, I think you were at Staples Center, Crypto.com Arena, excuse me, on Monday night. Yeah. Do you buy into any possibility that we have seen the last of LeBron James in the NBA? I don't. Shortly after all that came out, uh, I talked with some people around LeBron James that know him, and they thought, look, he's going to come back for his two years and honor his contract. He's just frustrated with the losing, you know, being eliminated, uh, the fact that he put up 40 points and it still wasn't enough, and then just playing with all that pain with his right foot. Uh, look, it wasn't something that was career jeopardizing, but it was a pain tolerance issue. and There was a lot of pain he was going through. And I think the fact that Carmel Anthony retired, all those things kind of bubbled beneath the surface. But I was told with someone that knows him pretty well that, hey, give him a few days, give him a week, he'll come back around. So I suspect that's what's going to happen. But it'll be interesting to see because uh, he's known for being un- very unpredictable. But for what it's worth, that whole idea that he was floating this out there to put some leverage on the Lakers to go all in with gaining Kyrie Irving or anyone else, they they said that that was not the case at all. Really, was just the thing as I mentioned. But either way, the Lakers and LeBron always know how to make off seasons interesting. So <laughs> uh, brace up and buckle up. <laughs> yeah, and I I know that they say that that you know one had nothing to do with the other, but it, it did also take a little bit of. Uh, of the juice out of Denver and, you know, celebrating what they did at Crypto.com Arena. 
Oh, without a doubt. I mean, look, Michael Malone was uh, was uh, a little annoyed at the beginning of the series when all the talk was about the Lakers. I'm sure he was certainly annoyed uh, about LeBron stealing the Thunder. But look, like I was someone that tried to write about both teams. I wrote about LeBron's retirement and what it meant and the skepticism from people around him. And I also wrote about Jokic's uh, dominant postseason. And, you know, from a media standpoint, the attention is what the attention is. LeBron's story got more attention, and the reality is, you know, if someone of his caliber were to retire, I mean, there's just so much magnitude with that than the Denver Nuggets uh, making the finals for the first time in franchise history. But I'm with you. Their achievements shouldn't be overlooked because they have been the real deal all season. He's Mark Medina, our Fox Sports Radio NBA insider. Mark, we appreciate you making some time this evening. Uh, enjoy uh, whatever. Enjoy the holiday weekend. I know you'll be watching on Monday night. We appreciate the time, and uh, we will be reaching out to you again soon, Mark. Thank you. Right back at you. Appreciate you guys both. That is Mark Medina, our Fox Sports Radio NBA insider. We'll come back, react to what Mark Medina had to say. Before we do, though, let's toss it over to the news desk. Steve DeSager, what's trending? Derek White, the hero for the Celtics, winning Game 6 of the NBA's East Finals on a putback at the buzzer, 104-103 at Miami. And he had a free run to the paint for a possible putback. If you look back at the video, he is the inbounder. Yeah. He throws mm-hmm. it into Marcus Smart, who makes, as you mentioned earlier, the quick turnaround. And then nobody's guarding the inbounds passer at all. Max Struess is chasing White, never gets in front of him, never able to box out. Derek White, a great thinking basketball play. A sprint from out of bounds after the inbounds pass, straight to the paint, and he wins the game for Boston. Marcus Smart, by the way, 21 points for the Celtics. The rest of the team from three-point range, three for 24. And Boston wins and will host Game 7 of this series Monday night. Amazing. Back-to-back years, these two teams in the East Finals. Back-to-back years, it goes seven. And we mentioned earlier in the show tonight, Michael Jordan, early in his career, a very famous playoff buzzer beater. That was to eliminate Cleveland. Game 5 of a best-of-five in 1989. ESPN Stats and Info said that until tonight was the only time in the postseason where you had a guy make the game-winning buzzer beater when facing elimination, and his team was trailing when he put up the shot. Michael Jordan and Elo. Michael Jordan over Elo, 1989, and Derek White tonight when they were down 103-102. Two of the all-time greats, let me tell you, DeSager. (laughs) The ones we'll be telling our grandkids about. Jimmy Butler had given Miami the brief lead with three seconds left, hitting the three free throws. He had 24 points in defeat. Jimmy Butler met the media after this stunning home loss. I told the guys in the locker room that um, if I play better, we're not even in this position, honestly speaking. Um, and I will be better, and that's what makes me smile because um, those guys follow my lead. So when I'm playing better, I think we're playing better as a whole. Jimmy Butler late in the game was 3 for 19 at one point. Bam Adebayo finished 4 of 16 from the floor. So you've got a Miami Heat team that this week is 0-3. Going into this week, they were 11-3 in the playoffs. They had eliminated Milwaukee, top seed in the first round, beat the Knicks in the second round. They were up three games to none to the Celtics and still haven't been able to close it out. And the Boston Celtics, such a story already this postseason. They're 5-0 when facing elimination. Three of those wins on the road. They came back against Philly. They're coming back against Miami to force a Game 7. 
at home on Monday? And have we seen Udonis Haslam on the bench for the final time at Miami? They may not get back to another home game. He's had a 20-year career there. Celtics will be home, as mentioned, for the next game. They have won their last four game sevens, including one earlier this season. Milwaukee's new head coach will reportedly be Raptors assistant Adrian Griffin. Stanley Cup West final, Dallas is still alive after back-to-back goals in the third got him a victory at Vegas. 4-2, Golden Knights lead in the series now three games to two. Game six of that conference final will be Monday night in Dallas. We'll see about NASCAR 600 at Charlotte tomorrow, scheduled for Fox TV, 6 p.m. Eastern time, but today's Xfinity race was rained out, postponed to Monday, in fact. And in the late ball game, it's the Marlins leading the Angels going to the eighth inning. 4-3 earlier wins for the Phillies and Dodgers. And Colorado put away the Mets 10-7. Back to you. Thank you very much to Sager. You'll be rejoining us here in just a moment. Uh, Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin broadcasting live from the Tyrac.com studios. Jason, just really quick, that Jimmy Butler sound that Sager just played, I mean, that was right in line with what Mark Medina said. Mark, Mark, Mark Medina basically said, look, you're not going to get a worse game from Jimmy Butler than 5 of 21 from the field, which is what he shot today. For Jimmy Butler to go to the podium and say, guys, this was on me. This is my fault. If I play better, we're not in this situation. I'm not saying that I'm doing a complete 180 or a complete 360 from my, I don't know how the Miami Heat bounce back, but it is interesting. You know, you look at it from that perspective and it's it's probably you know it's kind of an interesting thing now that now that it's out there kind of in the ether with uh, what Jimmy Butler said. Jason. I mean, what I told you was <clears throat> Jimmy Butler's just wired different, and if he shows up motivated, and well, I mean, he, he's always motivated. He's a he is an unbelievable competitor always. But if he shows up, especially if he feels like they've been slighted along the way over the last two days, and him getting up there and saying this one's on me. Uh, that means he's going to show up and, and try to make you forget about that. That's dangerous territory. And, again, all they're going to hear over the next two days is how Boston's going to beat them. They're going to hear that. If I'm Spolstra, I'm going to make sure they hear it over and over and over again because it's the kind of team, I think, that responds to that kind of thing. Um, many, many people could go into this game after what's happened to the Miami Heat where you wouldn't give them a shot in the world. Jimmy Butler is the one guy where it's like I'm not going to I'm going to give him at least a couple percent chance. I said 10% and it still feels generous because it just seems so unlikely. It's going to be so hard to win the game, but man, Jimmy Butler, if there is anybody that can will a team to a victory in this situation, it might be 22. Tell you what, we'll come back. Uh, we'll talk about that in hour four, but I do want to bring back to Sager. He will have an update on all things sports because there was other stuff that happened besides a thriller in Miami in game six. The Sager's next, Fox Sports Radio. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Welcome back, everybody. Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin, broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. As we do every Saturday... Toss it over the news desk to Sager, your extended update. The floor is yours, my friend. Well, we had some excitement, to say the least, tonight with Boston winning at the buzzer at Miami, forcing a Game 7 in Boston Monday night. You mentioned earlier that a year ago, the Eastern Conference Finals were these two teams, and it went to a Game 7, and Boston won at Miami as Jimmy Butler missed a late jumper. Do you know that these last two seasons... And again, it's been Eastern Conference final round last year and this year. When it's Heat, Celtics in the playoffs, the home team is 4-9. and nine, Wow. Including Miami losing at home tonight. Game 7's in Boston. Is that even good news? Boston, I know they won their first two home games in this postseason. Since then, they're 3-5 and five at home in the postseason. <laughs> if you go back their last 20 home playoff games, Boston is 9-11. and 11. So it sounds great. It sounds automatic. You got Game 7 at home. They might win. They're the two-seed in the East. They should win. But don't write it in pen yet. What's amazing is the Celtics are still alive. That alone is a story. They've won five elimination games in these playoffs. The NBA record is six. The Denver Nuggets in the bubble 2020 won six elimination games until finally being taken out. And the Nuggets of 1994 won six elimination games as well. I'll go ahead and say right now, probably going to get a good TV rating on Monday night on cable for this Game 7 from Boston. But then again, when these two met on Tuesday night, what was the highest rated TV show, sports or otherwise? It was Heat Celtics, NBA on TNT with over six and a half million viewers. When they met again on Thursday, what was the highest rated TV show on Thursday? NBA on TNT yet again. On the night in between those, on Wednesday, TNT had hockey playoffs. That got 1.86 million And that was actually the most watched game of the hockey conference final round to that point. 
Looking forward to Monday. As for the name Roderick Pleasant, most people probably have not heard of that, but he is a college football recruit to the Oregon Ducks. He was the top-ranked defensive back in the state of California, and he finished his high school athletic career tonight on the track at the state track and field meet. He is a sprinter, needless to say fast. Roderick Pleasant won the boys' 100 meters at the state finals in 10.2 seconds. A kid ran 10-2 in the 100 meters. Apparently, the national record's 10-1. This guy is known as Superman. I've seen a photo from the meet tonight. He actually has a red Superman S on his chest as he runs, and he also won a gold medal taking the 200 meters. Now it'll be off to the Oregon Ducks football team. The late baseball game is in Anaheim tonight. Marlins lead the Angels 4-3, top of the eighth. Shohei Otani was the Angels' starting pitcher. He continues to be Superman, just silly in a historic way what's going on. Shohei Otani struck out 10 in this game tonight. He pitched six innings, one earned run allowed. Since the start of last season, Otani, as a pitcher, has 14 10 strikeout games, three more than anyone else in the majors in that span. And by the way, he's hit almost 50 homers in that span on top of that. And he lowered his ERA this season to 2.91, and he leads American League pitchers in strikeouts this year. It's just amazing what he is doing. One thing happened in Cooperstown, New York. I did not realize there is a Hall of Fame Legends Saw game this. for yeah. Hall of Fame uh, for the week. It's not Hall of Fame weekend. That's in the summer, but for holiday weekend. This, they said, was the 13th edition of this. It's not old-timers game. These are guys that, frankly, you and I saw play when they were active. But at historic Doubleday Field, Pokey Reese, who's about to turn 50, went 4-for-4 four four and was player of the game as Team Burt, led by Hall of Famer Burt Blylevin coaching, <laughs> beat Team Kitty, led by Jim Cott, former Hall of Fame pitcher, in a seven-inning game. And the uh, other Hall of Fame pitchers on hand as assistant coaches were Fergie Jenkins, Raleigh Fingers, Jack Morris, and Lee Smith, all in Cooperstown today. By the way, there was a home run derby before the game, won by former Dodger first baseman James Loney and recent retiree Josh Reddick was in that. Wow. As for the baseball, the Atlanta Braves have lost yesterday and today, so their record now 31-21. and 21. Dodgers 32-21. and 21. Somebody actually won at Tampa Bay today, and there was a great-looking crowd. Now, it's 23,000. They don't sit upstairs, but it was packed in the lower two levels for the Dodgers' visit today. The Rays at home had been 25-5, and five, and they had starter Tyler Glasnow on the mound for his season debut, coming back from injury. He had eight strikeouts in four and a third innings, did allow three runs. Dodgers eventually took it 6-5. Freddie Freeman of L.A., two doubles, two walks. He has a 16 game hitting streak he's batting 333 max muncie who's been slumping hit a solo homer his 16th for the mets home run number 20 of the season for pete alonzo but the mets with that payroll are 27 and 26 they lost at colorado tonight 10-7 even though justin verlander had a very poor start the mets took the lead and then blew that verlander allowed five runs in the second Mets were down 6-0 in the third inning against the Rockies. No decision for Verlander. He pitched five innings. And as Miami has the late game, I should mention that Jorge Soler, former postseason hero, has now homered for a fifth straight game for the Marlins. They go to the bottom of the eighth, leading the Angels 4-3. Earlier, Philadelphia and Zach Wheeler beat Atlanta 2-1, and the Yankees down the Padres in 10 innings 3-2.
Thank you very much, Steve DeSager, Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports Saturday, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin, broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. One hour left. Bernie Fratto will join us in the final hour to recap everything and also preview his show. And, of course, we have plenty to discuss as well. Game six in Miami, some NFL news, busy night, fun night. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin, Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in, everybody. Fox Sports Radio. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin, broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Jason Martin, Aaron Torres, taking you to the top of the hour. Bernie Fratto of the Bernie Fratto Show follows us. And he will be joining us in about 20 minutes from now to recap not only uh, what happened on Saturday night in Miami, but of course everything across the world of sports. Bernie Fratto in about 20 minutes. Story of the night, you don't need me to tell you at this point, but it was the Boston Celtics-Miami Heat game, game six in Miami. If Miami wins, the Celtics season is over. And DeSager just laid it out for you, but Jimmy Butler... Miami trails by two. Jimmy Butler gets fouled by by shooting a three-pointer with three seconds to go, makes all three, sets up a last-second heave from the Boston Celtics. Marcus Smart misses. Derek White with the putback at the buzzer. Here's how it sounded. All eyes are on Zach Zorba at the scorer's table because he holds the information in his hand right now. Good basket. It is over, and the Boston Celtics have boldly and impossibly gone where no NBA team has gone before. Down 3-0, they have forced a seventh and deciding game at the buzzer. That was Celtics Radio Network, and again, for people who missed it, a Jimmy Butler, three foul shots, give the Heat a one-point lead. Derek White with the putback at the buzzer forces a game seven in Boston on Saturday night, or on Monday night, excuse me, Jason. Today's Saturday night. Listen, we've talked about it. We've mentioned it at length. Heat's back is against the wall in a way that we could have never imagined four or five days ago when they were up 3 nothing in this series. Two winners tonight. <clears throat> the Celtics and Warner Brothers Discovery slash TNT. Because their season was over tonight. Both those groups, if Boston doesn't win. Because we know who's getting the NBA Finals. And Turner's season was over. And Monday is going to be a massive ratings night for Turner because of the stakes of this game, because of the potential history of this game, because of the way the Saturday game finished just leaves everybody just blown away. And we can't wait to see what happens on Monday because sports are the greatest reality show in television. As our guest Bernie Fratto says often, he'll, he'll join us in the next segment. I, I Man, you talk about backs against the wall. I just can't imagine the level of pressure that you would feel right now if you were Miami, or not even pressure, but just the emotional roller coaster and just feeling like someone did something heinous to you. Like your heart's ripped out right there in front of you. It was .2 seconds away. It was one stop, Jimmy Butler said on the sideline, one stop to the NBA Finals. 
And they actually got one because Marcus Smart missed, but unfortunately nobody guarded Derek White off the inbound. He's able to go in and score with two-tenths of a second left. And now we've got 48 more minutes of basketball to determine who's going to beat Denver on Thursday in Game 1 of the NBA Finals. It's the best possible scenario for a sports fan to have Monday night because the stakes are so high and the drama was so thick last night in Game 6 and the way that it finished. Like, this is the perfect scenario for a fan. And for both teams, I mean, it's going to be, I mean, it'll be fun after the fact to think about what kind of a game you played in. But boy, oh boy, the Celtics being a two seed, maybe their coach not coming back, all these things. And they win three in a row. And now Miami has to think, and they're going to hear this for the next 36 hours, that Boston's going to beat them. They've got no chance. And then you've got a guy named Jimmy Butler who is the exact kind of person that wants to soak all that in and then come in and shut everybody's mouth. If Miami wins, I said this earlier, Aaron, that's going to be one of the most impressive W's you will ever see in the NBA because it just doesn't seem like that's going to happen at this point. But you just don't know until the game is played. Well, and it's interesting you bring up Jimmy Butler – um, because my thought coming out of this game six, I don't know how the, the Heat could possibly rally, but Mark Medina brought up the point that Jimmy Butler goes five for 21 from the field. Essentially, you can't get a worse performance from Jimmy Butler. And you know who agreed with that? Jimmy Butler did. Here's what he had to say mm-hmm. after the game. Like I told the guys on the bench, I told the guys in the locker room that um, if I play better, we're not even in this position. Honestly speaking, um, and I will be better, and that's what makes me smile because um, those guys follow my lead. So when I'm playing better, I think we're playing better as a whole. First of all, big shout-out to Crandall and Ian in the back, our producer Pat, Chris Perfett, and, of course, to Sager. Uh, You guys are all making me and Jason look good tonight because there is so much going on in real time. So thank you to the guys in the back who are working so hard. Jason, that Jimmy Butler sound, man, like you talk about – being a leader, being accountable. You know, it's funny, right? Like, you think about these athletes through the years. Like, I, I remember Andrew Luck. Was, it's just an example that pops into my head. But Andrew Luck could throw for 450 yards and six touchdowns, and if his team lost, it was like, oh, you know, I, I could have been better and I should have done this. And it's like, you talk about leadership and accountability from Jimmy Butler to put the target on his back, put the blame on his back, say the only reason we're even going to Game 7 is because of me, when it was three foul shots from him that put them in position to have this win. Um, I love that sound from Jimmy Butler, and I don't know if I should or not, but that gives me confidence that maybe they're not going to be as down going into Game 7 as I thought they might be. I'd be surprised if he doesn't have 35. I don't know that that's going to be enough to win the game. But just who he is and who he's always been, the competitor that he is and the way he shows up in big moments, especially coming off a flat night, one of the worst nights probably in his professional career, and they still somehow almost won that game. I I predict he's going to have a whale of a game. Now, I don't know that it will be enough to win, but it is really, really impressive. And you mentioned – you know, what you compare it to. I, I would also compare it to Tebow after the old Miss game. Sure. At Florida when he said you will never see a team play hard. And there's a statue now to commemorate that in Gainesville. Butler taking it and saying we wouldn't be here if I played better and I will play better. That is like 
you know, Clint Eastwood, Chuck Norris stuff if you're a Celtics fan. You, that's the last thing you want to hear. This is, the, this is a guy that will come in there ready. There's no question he'll be ready. I think it's just going to be a great basketball game. I really hope that, that it lives up to that. It will not have a finish as good as this, I don't think, because I don't know. We've watched basketball for a lot of years, folks. This one tonight's one. I've, I don't think I've seen one quite like this. I'm not saying it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. I'm not going to be that hyperbolic, but I don't think I will forget it in the coming years either. It's one of those. Like I start to think back, Aaron, about some of these finishes in the NBA through the years. Like what really stands out? And DeSager mentioned Embiid, or uh, sorry, Kawhi beating Embiid's Sixers with that shot that rimmed out four times. Looked like before it dropped in. I remember. Ray Allen, game six against the Spurs, hitting that three from the corner in Miami to keep them alive um, in the NBA Finals, in that great NBA Finals between the Spurs and the Heat. That was a tremendous one. And this one, just because of the circumstances, because of the three free throws and everything that played around it, the fact that they were down double digits twice in the fourth quarter, they were down 10 with four minutes left, they come back and they still – get beat by by a tip in with 2.2 seconds left on the clock. It's just one of those I don't think we're going to forget, Aaron. No, I don't either. And again, you know, I think what made this so different and so special, I, I don't remember all the details of all those games, but it wasn't just that Derek White had the putback at the buzzer. It was that the Heat overcame a 10-point lead in the final, uh, 10-point deficit, excuse me, in the final four minutes and that Jimmy Butler gets foul trailing two, makes all three to take the lead, and then to the point that DeSager made earlier, if Boston doesn't make that shot, their season's over. This isn't a, a game two, uh, come back next time and get them. This is your season is over, uh, and Jimmy Butler, as we've said a few times now, is a guy that uh, you know he said one more stop and they couldn't get it. Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin broadcasting live from the Tyrac.com studios. If you missed any of our coverage, we've basically been going wall-to-wall with the Celtics and the Heat uh, since that game went final at about 11 o'clock Eastern time. So make sure and go ahead and download the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Shortly after the show, it'll be available for all of our reaction. What I do want to do, though, switch gears. We'll get to Bernie Fratto in the coming segment. I do want to talk a little DeAndre Hopkins as well, so plenty more on this show. Should mention, by the way, that we are brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Coming up, Bernie Fratto joins us. A lot to react to tonight. And, of course, Bernie's got the goods on all sorts of things across the world of sports. Bernie Fratto next, Fox Sports Radio. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. 
Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Welcome back, everybody. Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin, broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. And when you hear this song, and we know what this song is, it means that we are headed out to Vegas. Bernie Fratto of the Bernie Fratto Show. He will follow us at the top of the hour, but he joins us now. Bernie, first of all, where where were you? And was there an audible scream in the Fratto house when Derek White hit that putback as time expired tonight, Bernie? No, because when he hit the putback, we weren't sure if it was going to count or not. And when they replayed it in uh, slow motion, yes, clearly the ball got out of his hand just in the nick of time, uh, three-tenths of a second, to uh, you know do once again what we've seen for the umpteenth time, and that is you know, realize that sports are the greatest reality show and it's because you can script everything but the inning. But I must tell you, the the Heat, uh, the, check that, the Celtics have opened up as a 10.5-point favorite. It's already been bet down to 8.5. The money line is minus 365, which, uh, which indicates, uh, from a gambler's perspective, the Celtics have about a 79% chance to win this game. I think it's more like a 99% chance, and I'll explain why. Well, um, the Nuggets, your Nuggets, uh, they're just sitting back watching all this burn. Um, what, do you, what do you think right now, just looking at what, what it's going to take, the energy level it's going to take for whoever gets out of the East? Well, this is a dagger in the heart uh, tonight to the Heat for, for multiple reasons. And remember, the Celtics have already lost two games at home in this series. I don't think they lose a third. Two weeks ago, they were heading into a Game 7 against Philadelphia where they had already lost two games at home in the series, and I didn't think they would lose a third. I didn't know that they would cover the nine, but they basically blew Philadelphia out. 
couple of things tonight that are very serious takeaways I'll talk about on my show. The Heat really wasted the Celtics' worst three-point shooting performance of the season because they couldn't make shots from inside the paint. Now, the Heat, they were actually hot from three-point land. They were 9 of 15 in the first half, 60%, 14 of 30 for the game, which is just almost, almost 50%, but they couldn't make shots inside the paint, and those struggles were enough to negate their good three-point shooting. Meanwhile, I think Boston corrects that, and they come out shooting the lights out Sunday. This has a chance to be a blowout. I'm not predicting it, but that's a dagger to the heart, and I could give you two or three multiple sports analogies, including something that happened to the Kings back in 1993 in Montreal with the Marty McSorley curve stick incident, which I know DeSager remembers. You don't come back from, from piercing to the hearts like this. You just don't. Very good, Burn. Let's uh, let's get to some other stuff, including some stuff I know you'll cover on your show tonight. Tell us what is going on with the A's and your hometown of Las Vegas, adopted hometown. Well, guys, uh, Senate Bill Number Five Hundred Nine was proposed yesterday. It was actually, uh, you know, it's forty-four page bill. It's called the Southern Nevada Tourism Innovation Act. It's filed in Carson City Friday, and it was referred to the Finance Committee. So now the legislature will have the next week or so to take a look at this and. You know, the lobbyists will weigh in and the financial people will weigh in and the city council will weigh in and the public's allowed to weigh in. And I expect there to be a vote here. Um, well, there better be soon because they're going to adjourn in about 10 days. And if they don't, there will have to be a, uh, uh, a special session by the governor, which no one wants. But there's going to be significant pushback and it's a long, complicated deal. Uh, one of the things that could hold this up is our governor, Joe Lombardo, has insisted he will... He will ratify no bills until there's a situation where the state budget has been agreed upon, and they're far apart on that. So this is a political football in many ways. Let's skip to the chase. I, I made two phone calls to people that are extremely connected, and they tell me that this is going to happen. And so I think somewhere, somehow, they've got the votes. It's the craziest, uh, most oblong, uh, fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants, ready-fire-aim deal I've ever seen in my life. But we think it's going to happen. Burn, I'll tell you something I know is not going to happen. The Arizona Cardinals winning the Super Bowl. Uh, I feel like they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. That's my segue to DeAndre Hopkins. What do you think of this situation? And, and well, I mean, pretty much anybody could benefit from having that guy on their roster. But who really could benefit? What do you think the top landing spots are? Well, there are three or four teams that could really use him. I know the betting markets are telling us Dallas and Kansas City. I don't think he'll end up at either one of those uh, for the simple reason Kansas City, I don't think, could make it work cap-wise. They're completely capped out. Uh, but uh, they could use him because their depth chart is Kadarius Tony and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, so I'm scratching Kansas City off. Obviously, Buffalo could very much use him. Brandon Bean is under the under the gun, and obviously, uh, you know, you've got Stefan Diggs, but beyond him, Gabe Davis. So there's, you know, Josh Allen could really use uh, a DeAndre Hopkins, but Buffalo's got a bunch of sizable contracts on the books, so I don't know where they find the money to pay him either. You're hearing New England in the mix. Uh, obviously, that's a fascinating team to consider for no other reason that Bill O'Brien is uh, Hopkins' former head coach with the Texans, and so he knows the offense, but we don't think Hopkins wants to go there. Believe it or not, I think it's going to come down to two teams, guys. Uh, the New York Giants, the Giants are coming off that surprise year, and, you know, you add DeAndre Hopkins to Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins, and Paris Campbell, all of a sudden you've got a pretty good receiving core, and they paid Daniel Jones $40 million, and they're expecting him to up his game. And you combine that with Saquon Barkley in the, 
in the backfield, and that would be quite a deal for the New York Giants, but they got cap situations as well. And don't discount the Detroit Lions, believe it or not, because once Jamison Williams gets back, remember, he's not a gambler, he's a football player, then read the rules, dumbass. <laughs> but you add him to Amon Ross St. Brown and Jamison Williams, who can really take the top off of defense, and now you get DeAndre Hopkins, by the way, Detroit's got cap space. They got about twenty-four million in cap space. So if they can talk Hopkins into going there, if they can convince Hopkins that they're a contender, I give the Lions a significant chance. So I think it's going to be the New York Giants or Detroit Lions. We'll see. It's a guess. Burn back to the uh, Oakland A's uh, stuff for a second. What has something changed? I mean, not you necessarily, but but you know there was so much back and forth about would they approve, would they not approve. Obviously, you talked to your moles today. It seems as though we're headed in that direction. What like like, like has something changed? Because it, it it didn't seem as though you felt like this was close to the finish line a week ago when we last spoke about it. And forgive me if I'm just totally wrong on that, yeah. but that was the impression that I got. Well, what I've said from day one is reporting this as if it's a done deal is irresponsible journalism. Sure. I've always said it was 50-50. Guys, you, anybody can go online and read the bill. Show me in the bill where it says where the stadium's going to be. It doesn't even mention the site. So even though the renderings, which they publish on the Internet now, they don't really much look like architectural renderings. They just look like artist renderings. Stadium looks beautiful. It shows three angles. When you read the bill, it doesn't specifically say it's at the Tropicana site. And they don't even mention the Oakland A's by name. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And the, and by the way, uh, legislative officials are torn on the amount of money they want to give the A's and how they want to do it. So it's a real uh, political football. So, you know, a few weeks ago when this really started to get down to the short strokes, I kept saying to myself, how the hell is Major League Baseball going to vote on this when you don't have a general contractor, you don't have an architectural rendering, you don't have so many answered questions, and it's not falling into line like it did when the Raiders came, for instance, or the Golden Knights and Bill Foley built T-Mobile before they were even granted a, an NHL team. We don't have Sheldon Adelson anymore. Sheldon Adelson committed $650 million to the Raiders. He was the CEO of Sands, a philanthropist. Once he got on board, he liked Mark Davis. He got Caesars on board. He got MGM on board. Game, set, match. They're your power brokers. They take it to our governor, Brian Sandoval. He gets the legislators to agree that, hey, we build this stadium a legion field. We solidify Las Vegas as a world-class destination, tourist attraction. There will be many of other events besides the Raiders, concerts, you name it, all kinds of things. It will be a Grand Slam home run, and it has been. You don't have any of those things in play for the A's here. It just seems odd. And when you listen to the A's and the good folks up in the Bay Area, a lot of, a lot of them have reached out to me, uh, they're very dubious about their owner, John Fisher, who's an heir to the Gap fortune. He's a billionaire, but he's allegedly one of these guys with deep pockets and short arms, not a great owner, not committed to winning. There are just a lot of loopholes here, but at the end of the day, politics makes for strange bedfellows, and if enough of the right people want it here, that 50-50, as I've always said, could you, we could find out the A's are on their way. But again, the one thing everybody I talk to agrees on, until you see a shovel in the ground, or until you see the Tropicana raised, if that's in fact going to be the site, hold your thought, because until those things happen, you really can't say this is a done deal. Burn, do you think... Um... 
Do you think the Lakers are Kyrie Irving away from a championship? <laughs> My, well, given his great success in Brooklyn, even though yeah. he was so disrespected, which I just feel awful about, look how well it ended in Boston, and look how they fell apart after he left. Meanwhile, he's been fabulous in Dallas. My moles tell me that Mark Cuban is going gonna, is gonna to pay him. That's kind of a done deal, and he's going to stay in Dallas. We shall see. The Lakers are better off building on what they have with the continuity. Uh, Mark Medina wrote a great piece about that earlier in the week, and I'm, I agree with him, so... End of the day, I don't think GM LeBron's going to get his way. It didn't work out well with Westbrook, so I don't think I don't I don't think Kyrie's coming to LA. So nice that the Mavs finally got Luca a second star. Oh wait, yeah. uh, yes, uh, nicely uh, done. Yeah. Oh wait, uh, Jalen Brunson is a superstar. Anyway, uh, Bernie Fratto, you can hear him at the top of the hour, the Bernie Fratto Show. Uh, also, make sure to follow him on Twitter at Bernie Fratto. Bernie will be discussing all of the things we just discussed more in depth, with much more to come at 2 a.m. Eastern Time. Bernie, man, we appreciate the time, and we will talk soon. Have a good evening. A tip of the cap to you guys real quickly. For all the folks driving around, you know, even in Australia, mm-hmm. that weren't able to watch a game on TV, you did. A, you guys did a great job bringing the, the, the raw emotion that was happening in that arena tonight in Miami. I just think when you get to Monday, guys, you're going to see the talent disparity really rise to the level, and I think Boston's going to handle them. I really do. But anyway, a slice of Game 7, as they say in Miami, it's going to be a wicked pizza. <laughs> well, thank you, Bernie, for the kind words. Thank you to the guys in the back for all their hard work. He is Bernie Fratto. can hear him at the top of the hour. Bernie Fratto show. Bernie, we'll be listening, man. Thank you. Thanks, guys. That is Bernie Fratto. Again, you can hear him at the top of the hour. Coming up, a couple quick stories I do want to get to before we do, though. Final time this evening, Steve Sager, what's trending? A lot of hoops to get to. Let me note the... Late MLB game is still going on. Top of the 10th, the Marlins have scored four. They're ahead of the Angels and still batting 8-4 in the top of the 10th inning. Earlier, Jorge Soler homered for a fifth straight game. Shohei Otani at 5-1 as a pitcher was the starter for the Halos on the mound tonight. Ten strikeouts in six innings. He only gave up one earned run. The Boston Celtics will host a Game 7 of the NBA's East Finals on Monday night. Boston stayed alive again, winning at the buzzer at Miami, 104-103. Celtics led in the second quarter by 11 tonight. They still led by 10 with under four minutes left in the game. Jimmy Butler put Miami into a brief lead with three seconds left, hitting three free throws. Butler finished with 24 points. As of late in the game, Butler was 3 of 19 shooting from the floor, and teammate Bam Adebayo went 4 of 16 from the floor. The win to the Celtics on a putback at the buzzer by Derek White, who also finished with six assists, no turnovers. Jason Tatum, 31 points, most of that in the first half. A key, he never missed a free throw. Tatum was 15 of 15 in a game you win at the buzzer. Jalen Brown, 26 points. Marcus Smart in the Celtics, 21 points. The rest of the team from three-point range was three of 24, and Boston's still alive. Heat guard Gabe Vincent was questionable with a sprained ankle. He'd missed the previous game. He did start tonight for Miami. Went six of 18 shooting with five fouls. The NBA Finals won't begin until Thursday. We've been saying all week, yeah, likely at Denver because, you know, Miami's the eighth seed in the East. We don't know where game one is going to be. We do know it's Thursday. For the record, Denver is undefeated at home in this postseason, 8-0. Milwaukee has a new head coach. Not officially, but multiple reports say it will be Raptors assistant Adrian Griffin once they hammer out a contract. Mike Budenholzer was let go after five seasons, including an NBA title. Griffin's first assistant coaching job was with Milwaukee through 2010. 
Adrian Griffin, as a college player, was inducted into Seton Hall's Athletics Hall of Fame. He played with five NBA teams, including Boston and Dallas, got into the finals with Dallas. Stanley Cup, Dallas Star is still alive. They're down three games to two in the West Final now. Dallas got back-to-back goals in the third and won at Vegas tonight 4-1, to so the Dallas victory extends the series, and it means officially the Stanley Cup Final will not start until next Saturday. Game six of this conference final will be in Dallas on Monday night. Florida waits in the cup final after it swept Carolina. FS1 is carrying USFL games this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. They're replaying one right now. Birmingham at 5-2 beat New Orleans. Did you see that the Chicago Bears will start demolishing Arlington Park Racetrack next week? where they hope to build a new stadium. The team's played at Soldier Field since 1971. It has a lease there through 2033, but the Bears could negotiate an early exit in the future. Tennis's French Open starts tomorrow. Rafael Nadal is out this summer with a hip injury. Spain's Carlos Alcarez is seated number one. NASCAR 600 at Charlotte is scheduled for Sunday night on Fox TV, 6 p.m. Eastern time, weather permitting. Practice and qualifying were each rained out today, and today's Xfinity race was rained out, postponed to Monday. Updating the late ball game, they're going to the bottom of the 10th in Anaheim. Marlins up 8-4 on the Angels. Colorado led 6-0 against Justin Verlander and the Mets in the third inning, blew that lead, but still beat New York 10-7. The Mets' Pete Alonso hit his 20th homer. Boston a 2-1 winner at Arizona, saved to Kenley Jansen. Cincinnati beat the Cubs in Chicago 8-5. Jamison Tyon, another awful start. His ERA 8 for the Cubs, did not last five innings. St. Louis won in 10, 2-1 at Cleveland, even though the Cards' offense went 2-for-32 with 12 strikeouts. St. Louis scored its 10th inning run without a hit. St. Louis with the win, Seattle with the win, San Francisco with the win. Philadelphia beat the Braves 2-1 behind Zach Wheeler. Dodgers won 6-5 at Tampa Bay. Houston sent Oakland to a 10th straight loss, 6-3. The A's are 10-44. and Attendance was about 9,000 today. They've only won five home games all, day, all year, 5-22. A majority of the Oakland hitters today have a batting average of 200 or less. Yankees in 10 innings beat San Diego 3-2. Back to you. Thank you very much, Steve DeSager. Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports Saturday. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin broadcasting live from the Tyrac.com studios. We are brought to you by Discover. At the end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you earned doubled. Seriously, see terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. So, Jason, um... Interesting thing happened to me this week. A little story time with Torres. So, Lakers get swept on Monday night. And so, obviously, it means there's no game five, no game six, no game seven. And ESPN, who's the broadcaster, has to fill airtime. So, my wife and I are going to go out and grab a bite to eat. Normally, when Lakers game five would be on, but it's not on. So, instead, they are playing The Last Dance. They are playing the Michael Jordan documentary, Maybe it was ironic, maybe it was unironic that they're playing the Michael Jordan documentary after LeBron got swept in a time spot where LeBron got swept. I bring it up because I'm watching it, and I just kind of throw out a tweet that I don't think much of. Just be- I-, I-, I just basically said, hey, you know, love LeBron, always loved him. But, I mean, when you watch this MJ documentary, there is no way, I- the- not comparing talent, but comparing the competitiveness, the will to win, whatever, There's never been anybody like MJ, never will be. I bring it up for two reasons. One, at last count, the tweet had between 
retweets and quote tweets calling me the dumbest person ever over 300 retweets wow yes and i bring it up not because i'm some incredible genius and i went viral and give me a pat on the back for going viral i bring it up because everybody can pretend like the mj versus lebron thing doesn't matter and it's the dumbest sports talk conversation i will tell you from some of the respect it brings out the best and worst in all people when you talk sports and I bring it up because I think it brought out the worst in one of Michael Jordan's former teammates yesterday, uh, Scottie Pippen. Oh, boy. Here is what Scottie Pippen had to say on this debate. LeBron will be the greatest statistical guy to ever play the game of basketball, and there's no comparison to him. None. So does that make him the greatest player to ever play the game? I'll leave that out for debating because I don't believe that there's a great player because our game is a team game and one player can't do it. Like, I seen Michael Jordan play before I came to play with the Bulls. You guys seen him play. He's a horrible player. He was horrible to play with. He was all one-on-one. He's shooting bad shots. And all of a sudden, we become a team and we start winning. Everybody forgot who he was. That was courtesy of... Gimme the Hit Sauce podcast. I am not familiar with them, but if they're getting guests like Scottie Pippen, they're obviously doing pretty well for themselves. Uh, Jason, I will say, in Scottie Pippen's defense, the quotes on social media were a little skewed, but seems like there's some friction between Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan, and some might say it actually stems from that Last Dance documentary. Remember, Scottie Pippen was not happy with the documentary at the time, uh, and Scottie Pippen basically saying my, MJ didn't do anything without me. He didn't exactly say that, but he kind of basically said it. This isn't new. I mean, Scottie Pippen has kind of held this grudge, and it's been out there for a while. Um, I remember he was trying to shop a book, I think, mm-hmm. a few years ago when he was burying MJ then. Um, there's always been this kind of thing there. Scottie Pippen has... I don't know, it's kind of been sad to watch because he's not going to win these arguments. He's not doing himself any favors, but he does keep himself in the news cycle once every couple of years when he takes another shot at Michael Jordan. Um, the reason why there is an MJ-LeBron debate that you hear all the time is because it moves the needle, as as lazy as we all find it to be. It wouldn't continue to be the crutch everybody goes to in this industry when they have nothing else to talk about if people didn't listen to it. Exactly. That's the thing. Like, it does. And that's why your tweet had that kind of response because it does. It brings out the LeBron stands and it brings out the MJ stands, and of which I am one. But, I mean, the, the Pippen side of it, I just kind of roll my eyes. Calling him a horrible player, saying it's a team game. It's just – all of it. He's been salty forever. He's wanted so much credit forever. I think he always felt little brother-like. I think he thought he was so important to Jordan at all times. He should have been a top 50 player all time, and he was, but some people believed he shouldn't have been there, that Jordan made him and all this. The problem with Pippen is he's not just stating things on a reasonable level. There's no nuance to it. Michael Jordan's a horrible player. Like That's just a dumb take. Like You can say... He was better when he had better people around him because that's just a factual statement about just about anybody. You put better – you have Mo Williams around LeBron James. Mo Williams was a good player. They didn't win a championship. He left Cleveland and went to Miami. 
surrounded himself with Dwayne Wade. Chris Bosh won multiple championships, came back, had Kyrie Irving there, got Kevin Love there, won a championship in Cleveland. Like, these are factual statements. But to just come out and say, oh, he was a horrible basketball player, also give LeBron the props for his stats and then say, oh, I'll let everybody make – I'll let everybody else do that. But this is a team game. And then Barry – it's just – it's just sour from Scottie Pippen, but this is just kind of who this guy seems to be when it comes to this issue. Yeah, I think all of it stems from the MJ documentary because he did the MJ documentary and he was like very quotable and honestly, like I, I hope I'm not being facetious or mean spirited when I say this, but you know he was clearly like well put together, clean shaved, all that, um, and now you see him now and doesn't look like he's in very good shape. I mean, some of those interviews that he did when the book came out. Uh, didn't seem mentally in very good shape, so I hope whatever, uh, you know, if I, I hope he's just he just doesn't like MJ and that that's all there is to it. But uh, it's definitely, uh, you know, it de- it was definitely an interesting quote. And to your point, yes, people can claim they're tired of it, but every time something like this comes up, people click in. By the way, Chris Broussard and Ephraim Salam talked about it on the Odd Couple yesterday, little over a day ago. 125,000 views on Mm. YouTube so far on the Fox Sports Radio YouTube page. If you want to check out Chris and Ephraim talking about this yesterday, you can join over 125,000 other people who have done it in the last 24 hours. Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin, one segment left. We'll put a bow on the show. That's next, Fox Sports Radio. All eyes are on Zach Zorba at the scorer's table because he holds the information in his hand right now. It is over, and the Boston Celtics have boldly and impossibly gone where no NBA team has gone before. Down 3-0, they have forced a seventh and deciding game at the buzzer. That was the Progressive Play of the Day brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. That call, by the way, courtesy of Celtics Radio Network. And of course, uh, of course, it was the winner in Game 6 as the Celtics force a Game 7. Jason, let's just get right to it. Game 7, Monday night, in Boston. As Bernie Fratto said, Celtics open as a 10.5-point favorite. It has been already bet down to 8.5, but it doesn't change the fact that it seems as though the betters, the, the, the market makers, seem to think that the Celtics are going to win and win convincingly. What is your take? What is your thought? What is your opinion on the, uh, on the Celtics' heat Game 7? I'm not surprised at that at that line. I'm not surprised it's getting bed down a little bit. I expect maybe it'll come up again. But this is kind of what we've talked about tonight. When you blow a, a 3-0 lead to a team that was better, right, the team that was a higher seed, which is the thing that has never happened in this circumstance, the three other teams that have come back from an 0-3 deficit have then gone on the road in Game 7. But the Celtics host it. And, in fact – if they win, they'll host the NBA Finals. They're a 57-win regular season team. The way Miami lost game six. Heartbreaking. We all saw it last night. We covered it. It happened live. You listen to the podcast, you'll hear us, you know, emotion in the moment, what was happening as this all was going down. And 
the only the only thing that gives me any pause, other than the fact that I just have a tremendous respect for Eric Spolster as a coach, is Jimmy Butler, because he's just different, and I could see him showing up and having one of those nights that we will talk about forever. I I told you my prediction is he won't have less than thirty five points in this game. Question is, will it be enough? I, think- I tend to think no. I tend to think, I mean, I have to go with what's obvious. What's obvious is that the Celtics should win this game. Um, I did pick them to win the NBA. I I picked them to win the Larry O'Brien trophy before the playoffs started. That's not why I'm picking them here. I'm picking them here because it's the logical thing to do. It's the most likely thing that would happen at this point because, hey, man, nobody's ever come back and won a game seven from 0-3 down. Okay, that, that is true. No one's ever come back. No one's ever hosted it. And... You look at it and you say, man, you got to win four in a row. Well, no, now you don't. Now you just got to win one game. Now it's one game and anything can happen. And I think the most likely scenario is that the Boston Celtics will get the job done. We really only got a short time left, but fun story to end the show. Did you see that Will Ferrell might be uh, John Madden? They might be making a John Madden movie. Will Ferrell would be playing John Madden according to multiple reports. What do you think? You think Will Ferrell could pull it off? I assume so. I don't think he'd take it if he couldn't unless they were doing something where he clearly was not trying to be John Madden except in kind of a almost like a comedic sense. But I don't think that you do this movie in that way. Like this isn't the kind of thing you do a satire parody kind of deal. Um, Ferrell has more range than he shows. Like he, he did a film called Stranger Than Fiction years ago. If you haven't seen it, you should check it out. Uh, where he shows a lot more range, a lot more depth. You don't get to see it too often. I would not bet against him because I just don't think he'd take on a project that he'd be terrible at, and I don't think they would hire him to do it when there's other guys that could do that role potentially better. So I would tend to bet on Farrell because he's a superstar. He knows his own limitations, but he also knows what he's capable of, and I just feel like I would I would I would give him the chance. My mind is open to think he could pull it off. Well, we will get some more details on that. Uh but yes, it appears as though Will Farrell will be playing John Madden in a movie about John Madden's life. Some reports came out about that today. Uh Celtics Heat game seven on Monday. By the way, very busy show. It is time for us to get out of here. I should mention if you missed anything on today's show, make sure and go back and download the podcast. There is a lot to recap. Do want to thank the crew again. Crandall and Ian in the back did a great job tonight yeah, getting did. stuff done. Uh, we couldn't have done it without you guys, so thank you. Thank you to Chris Perfett on the board. Thank you to our producer, Pat. Thank you to Steve DeSager. Uh, thank you to my partner, Jason Martin. I'm Aaron Torres. Coming up next, Bernie Fratto of the Bernie Fratto Show. He's taking you up until 6 a.m. Eastern time. Download the podcast. We're back Saturday, Fox Sports Radio. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now.